0: Good morning, it is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn, he's Griffin. A lot to do on a Friday edition of the program. Obviously, it's been a uh, difficult week. And we're going to spend a couple more minutes today remembering Tony Siragusa's or buddy Kelly Gregg is going to check in with us. But we also want to talk baseball Stand the fan's going to stop by a little bit later on. We're going to do our MLB draft segment for the week. Keith Law from The Athletic is going to join us. Orioles, another win last night in Chicago. Austin Hayes continues to be on an absolute heater. The outfield defense is bonkers. Anthony Santander making throws. Cedric Mullins covering about 6,000 feet at a time. Austin Hayes laying out to make ridiculous catches right on the chalk. It was a fun night to watch baseball. It's just a fun night to watch a baseball game. Adley Rutschman coming up with big hits. Ryan Mountcastle. These are the types of things it's so much more pleasant. I'm not look, I know Rugnet O'Dor was fun for a little while, but Rugnet O'Dor is not going to help the Baltimore Orioles at any point where it matters. It's so much more fun when you're watching Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes and Adley Rutschman and, I don't know, maybe Dean Kramer. Maybe that's becoming a thing. We got to talk about it. He's got to stack more starts. We can't overreact it to too. But so far so good. Trying to figure out if you got pitchers moving forward. Tyler Wells looks like he might be a pitcher. Dean Kramer trying to prove that he could be a pitcher. These are, it was pleasant at the beginning of the year. I kept using the word pleasant. I kept saying, hey, don't overreact to it. It's just pleasant. But it's more pleasant when it involves the guys who either are a part of the future or have a chance to force their way into being part of the future. That's something a little bit more than pleasant. Like, Trey Mancini's been amazing. He's been incredible this season. It's more significant, since we've all kind of made peace with the idea that Trey is likely to be gone, it's more significant to see the guys that you are convinced are part of the next five years be the guys that are leading a baseball team to big wins, coming up with big hits. So much fun. So much fun. Just a fun night to watch baseball. Uh, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, which is the place to be for every major event. One week from tomorrow night, UFC 276. Israel Adesanya is in action. You want to be there. You want to get your bets in. 61 self-service kiosks. You can watch the fight for free. Why pay for the pay-per-view? Come down to Hanover. In Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, watch the fight for free and come out on top. Come out having made money. You can buy beers and, and food, sports and social, and still end the night with more money than you started with when you bet on those 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. At Live Casino and home at Hotel Maryland, if you want to reserve your spot, for UFC 276 next Saturday night. The best way to do it would be to email events at sportssocialmd.com. That's events at sportssocialmd.com. In order to guarantee your table for you and your friends, in order to guarantee um, your set of reclining chairs, whatever it is that you're looking for, go ahead and email them. So I've, I've done this before. And I, and I apologize. It's something I should do more often. It's, it's a question that I ask in a certain form. And today it's how do we talk to our kids about. How do we talk to our kids about Austin Hayes? And, and so far, I had to give it a little bit of an explainer. I think most of you know what it is that I'm asking. We're all very excited about Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes should be an all-star. Well, okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, you just can't get me to get worked up about these things. These things are trivial. They don't actually matter. I mean, they matter to Austin Hayes, and I'd be happy for Austin Hayes if he was an all-star. But if he's not, it impacts my life in no ways. It impacts the Orioles long-term in no ways if Austin Hayes isn't an all-star. My question, how do we talk to our kids about Austin Hayes, is in relation to who he is, what he is, where he is, how he fits. That's the question. The question is, what do we believe Austin Hayes to be? And I brought this up yesterday in reaction to those of you that are screaming, we have to extend him, extend him now. To which I say, well, that doesn't, actually make any real sense i mean i i get it we're all having fun watching austin hayes play baseball but are we convinced he's a nick marcakis like centerpiece of a franchise for the next 10 years to which i say maybe
1: defensively are, defensively almost seems certainly like it seems like he's he's a, he's a, a hell of a defense
0: he's a hell of a defender could win a gold glove this that. year maybe i mean i don't know maybe I mean, he'd be be deserving. Are we convinced of that? Do we think he's a talented player who might be having, you know, a Scotty Scheffler-like heater, and three months from now we might say, right, we got a little carried away, didn't we? What is it? What do we think Austin Hayes is? That's what I want to know. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and a lot of you have gotten in already, and the response is kind of all over the place, which is weird. Um, Mikey, I could certainly see him becoming an Adam Jones-level player. Not a league superstar who goes top 10 in every fantasy league draft, but absolutely good enough to be a key part of a contending team. I think the comparison to Adam Jones probably is the incorrect one, but I'm mostly saying that because Adam Jones was a center fielder, and because center field's a more important position. To to say, could he replicate the numbers? I don't know, maybe. The, the He'd have to up the power maybe even a little bit more. Like Adam Jones, I get it, was not a 35 home run guy year in and year out for a decade. But Adam Jones, power-wise, was more consistently right around 30 home runs for a six-year span. Adam Jones... From two thousand twelve to two thousand and seventeen didn't have a season with fewer than twenty six home runs.
1: He also wasn't playing in that left field as um well. now that's fair i mean i i i I, I think they think they have shown like stats that really didn't doesn't take away that many home runs. I think is
0: no, I don't think Austin Hayes yeah. specifically has lost many home runs this season. Look, he's hit ten home runs and he hit twenty two a year ago. If he's growing into his power, like maybe he could be that guy for what it's worth in Adam Jones first full season in the major leagues he was only a 19 home run guy so it could very well be that Austin Hayes is growing into his power i, I don't know i mean like i'm not i'm just not ready to go there just yet like i think i i think the the more practical question is could he be look nick marcakis was such a professional hitter that again it becomes difficult to compare Someone to either of those guys, and maybe it's some sort of weird amalgamation. But I'm not, I'm not ready to make a comparison between Adam Jones and Austin Hayes, specifically because of the home run bat. From, sorry, from uh, Rob. Definitely not a centerpiece for a decade. He seems to be past his injury issues, but he's still someone you will question durability. He's a very good player when healthy. It can be a solid piece on a contending team. I don't think we need to make him out to be more than that. Okay. I mean, there might there might be some some hair splitting going on here. Just it's always difficult. I, I don't. I would. I guess it might. Have, I would have to ask Rob. How do you describe Nick Marcakis? Because Nick Markakis was never a baseball superstar. So if for you centerpiece is reserved for this, the Manny Machados of the world, what we think Adley Rutschman is supposed to become, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, Jose Ramirez, that type of player, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Perennial MVP candidate. Right, if if yeah. those are the only players allowed to be centerpieces, Mookie Betts, then sure, of course not. I don't think it would it's, be insane to talk about Austin Hayes that way. But I believe Nick Marcakis was a centerpiece of a generation of good baseball teams in Baltimore. Not the centerpiece, a centerpiece. A critical piece of a franchise's success for a prolonged period of time. Like Adam Jones. Adam he Jones was, was definitely a centerpiece. Yeah. I don't think there would be any debate from anyone about that. Manny Machado was the centerpiece. He was the best player. And as much as we don't like to admit it now, Chris Davis was, was maybe, it's between Adam Jones and Chris Davis for two, but Nick Markakis was, of that ilk, he was a centerpiece. Seth Smith was not. Nate McLouth was not. Mark Reynolds Mark Trumbo were not. Matt Weeder's was probably closer, and J.J. Hardy were closer to that. Although we'd, we'd put them behind Nick Marcakis on the list, they were closer to centerpieces than they weren't. So I, I, we might just be splitting hairs on how we describe the term centerpiece. Because I'm not saying he's the guy you're building your franchise around, but are we talking about Austin Hayes as if he is a guy that you want to commit to making sure he's here for 6 years and not just the next few years where he's eligible for arbitration. Allen's very simple says he's a star. <laughs> again, you got to tell me what you think that means. I mean, that's not really it's, it, it it comes off kind of cop outy. If again, are you saying he's a star in the way that Nick Markakis was a star here? I keep coming back to the Nick Marcakis comparison because it's a corner outfielder that we're talking about. And somebody would say, hey, Austin Hayes is probably a has better range and covers more than Nick Marcakis did. Nick Marcakis, of course, had a, a, a wonderful arm, but Austin Hayes' arm might be better than that. My God. These throws that he's making. And Nick Marcakis had a wonderful arm. That's sort of my barometer, right? Because Nick Markakis was a guy the Orioles felt the need to give a six-year deal to. Say, you got to be here. You've got to be a part of this thing. From Justin. He was a top prospect. He's playing well. Let's just ride it out and see what happens. If someone offers a crazy prospect package, you take it. I mean, that's sort of absurd, this goes back to what we were talking about with Drew the other day, where Drew was like, "Well, yeah, everybody's available." I, it's the it's not that. It's it's essentially the opposite. Like again, if, if if what you're saying is if somebody wants to offer you three top twenty prospects in all of baseball, you'll trade Austin Hayes. I mean, I guess because it's such an absurd offer that you you kind of have to take it. But it's so absurd, it's not worth talking about. I mean, there's just no way right now to think that you could recoup that value in what someone would be willing to trade for Austin Hayes. So why are we doing that? This isn't 2019. We're now looking at Austin Hayes as if he's a part of the future. It's unfathomable to me that we're having a conversation, Justin, about the idea of trading him, to which Larry says, you don't trade prospects in a rebuild unless you have a logjam at the position. You trade aging vets for more prospects, and I don't see any of our aging vets having trade value. They'll be DFA'd at the proper time. Well, yeah, that's a different conversation that we're having an Austin Hayes conversation. But yes, that's that's where the Orioles are. They the guys that they want to trade aren't guys with trade value. There's there's no value in Rugnet Odor. I mean, there might be you can as I've said before, you can maybe get something for Um, Jordan Lyles just simply because there's always a a premium on pitching Uh, nothing of significance but something and we'll see what Trey Mancini's trade value ends up being I, I don't think there is a lot but he's definitely having a really nice season and hopefully that helps Chris says Glenn I'm not convinced that he is a centerpiece just yet but I'm convinced that we need to ride this thing out. It could be that a year from now, he is blossoming into maybe not a star of stars, but someone that we genuinely believe is going to be here for the next decade. That's sort of my... I think that's where I... Chris, that's to me the most practical thing. I'm excited about Austin Hayes. It's fun to watch Austin Hayes play baseball right now. A lot of fun, in fact. But it's where I preach patience. I like Austin Hayes. I think he's a nice player. I want a little more time before I anoint Austin Hayes as a long term part of the solution for the Baltimore Orioles. Right now, I think he could very well be. But we're overreacting to a small sample size where he's been exceptional. We're willing to, we're buying into the idea that what we saw a year ago was him building towards becoming such an exceptional player. So we're we're looking at someone who was on track to becoming an exceptional baseball player. But I just need to keep seeing it for a little while. I need to keep seeing it for at least another full season. And at that point, that's the good news for the Orioles, they have time. To say it might be costing more, or you're allowing him to get closer to free agency, allowing him to make the decision that he wants to get to free agency. Perhaps. Perhaps that's what you're doing. But it's a, the risk that you kind of almost have to take. Maybe not have to, but it's probably the best risk to take at this point. At least wait until the end of the year to have that conversation. Continue to give me your thoughts. How do we talk to our kids about Austin Hayes? At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We come back in. We're going to share some more Tony Saragusa memories. Kelly Gregg, Buddy Lee himself, he's going to join us next. Glen Clark Radio. Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you glory days grill great food good sports
2: are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charmed city match july 16th under the lights at m&t bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com.
0: The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Klatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker, and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who's lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip
4: Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back
0: in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, BuyAToyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out Toyota dot com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Obviously, it's been a uh, it's been a tough week here in Baltimore, but you know I always love having a conversation with our next guest. He's one of my favorite people. I just wish this wasn't the topic we were talking to him about. He um. When he arrived in Baltimore, at a very young point in his career, he was playing behind the likes of Tony Siragusa, and of course he went on to have a decade here in Baltimore as one of the most beloved figures in Ravens history. It's always a pleasure for us to welcome back in our friend, Buddy Lee himself, Mr. Kelly Gregg, who's with us now here on GCR. Kelly, it's Glenn. I'm sorry this is what we're talking about, but I always appreciate you taking the time for us, my friends.
2: Oh, Well, you bet. I appreciate you. Yeah, just awful. Just a, man, what a terrible week for the Ravens. But yeah, I mean, like you were talking about Goose, I mean, you know, I remember when I first came into the Ravens, uh, you know, my first week there, he sat me down and he was like, hey, man. You need to gain some weight and play the run, and you'll have a uh, have a great career. And I mean, I I, I mean, I tell you what, I, mean, I love all the you know the playing I did to Goose. you couldn't ask for a better teammate and a better person. Man, tell big Goose.
0: Tell me about the you know Kelly. Everybody's when we you and I are going to talk plenty about his larger than life personality and you know you know how many stories have been told and how many will never be told um, about uh, Tony Siragusa. But as a teammate, as a leader, as a football player. Can you tell me more about what he meant to you in carving out your own career?
2: You know, obviously, I mean, you know, when you look at uh, Goose Ryden, not the most, like, one of the smartest guys. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you you, you see him sometimes stand up there in his stance, and he's reading the backfield. I mean, he, you know, and and that defensive line room, especially, you know, maybe on practice squads around the 2000s, you know, it just gave you so much confidence. I mean, that guy, I mean, the Trump and everything. More than anything, he was, the, he was one of the smartest guys. I mean, you know, they, everybody was trying to scheme to get him and Sam off the field. Uh, you know, the way they stopped the run, it's because they were both so smart. Sam was explosive. But Goose was so smart. And, I mean, I, I just, you know, just being around him made you a better player. And, you know, I mean, everything that I would use, you know, to, uh, to read the, the formation, everything, I learned from Goose. I mean, you know, and he was one of those guys that made everything fun. It was tough two-a-days and everything, but, you know, Goose always had a smile when we were working and everything, and, you know, just, you know, sometimes you'd be around veterans. Uh, There'd be be some guys that may be a little, you know, maybe didn't want to give you all, you know, give you everything to try to hold you back, but not, I mean, Goose, I mean, he was just wanting to help all the young guys and everything, and usually when you have a big guy like that, I mean, you don't find guys like that, but, you know, Goose would give you the shirt off his back.
0: I mean, he had no problem hazing them too. For the record, he had no problem. All good I'm not. I, I sure. I know. I. Know. We were talking yeah. yesterday with Jelly Roll. He's like, dude, I would buy $1,000 rib dinners, but he paid me back. Really? <laughs> that's the way it went. Uh, Kelly
5: Gray.
0: Uh, Kelly, you. I feel like there was a parallel. Yo, Goose was someone who came in undrafted you were a late round pick um someone had to go the the practice crowd route at the beginning of your career did you feel parallels to tony did you feel i I know he was you know more massive than you were um which is amazing to say because he's probably about the only human being that was more massive than you but like did you feel parallels between he and yourself
2: Oh, yeah. He would, he would talk about it. I mean, i never – Then he told me he lied to the Colts to tell them that he could deep snap. Yep. You know, to go there and get the, the free agent. And, you know, once he got there, you know, uh, obviously playing the run and, you know, it, it was a great system there. We always, you know, learning from him to keep the money clean with Ray back there and just the way he played. But, yeah, definitely. I and mean, he'd give you that confidence, too. I mean, he'd say – You know, I, I remember him sitting there and he he's kicking field goals at the old – I mean, uh, kicking field goals and – kicking footballs over the fence at the old practice facility. And I just remember him, you know, saying one day, he's like, man, I've done this for 10 years. He says, you can too. And just the confidence. And, you know, like you said, with jelly roll and everything, that defensive line room, I'm there. there'd be so many posters in that wall. Cause guys, you know, just toughness fighting guys, you know, we'd have to cover up the walls and everything. I mean, uh, you look back, and that was some of them playing with him those couple of years was, m- was the most fun football I ever had playing with a guy.
0: That's awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. Did you ever did you ever try to get him to wrestle you? Did you ever, like, maybe try to shoot one time with him?
2: Yeah, I used to tell him all the time when I was a young guy, hey, well, I'll wrestle you for checks, but now nah, goose. I mean, I was – you know, he didn't say champ, but no, nah, goose. Uh, you know, I, I, too much respect for goose. he would have thrown me around,
0: I would have I would have paid any number to have seen that match. There is no number. They, I don't care what the check is. I don't care if it means. I would have I had to give up my house. I would have done it. I would have done uh, it to have seen that. You know,
2: you know like you said, me, me backing him up for them a couple of years and then once he retired, you know, we, uh, you know, obviously with Rex still being around, yep. you know, I never wanted to let Tony down. You know, the way they played the run so hard. And wow. I mean, you look at those guys with the technique and, you know, just learning from him and Rob Burnett and Michael McCray and those guys, you know, they would come around and, uh, after they retired and you just never wanted to let those guys down because, I mean, the toughness they to instilled filled in us and, Young guys, I mean, I, you know, I, I owe my 13 years in the league to Goose.
0: Wow. I mean, it's really powerful to hear you say that, dude, because, like, look, you know, you were going to try to have a, a career for yourself no matter what, but you genuinely thought about that as, as you moved into that role and over the next decade was, I have to live up to this standard.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Play like a Raven. and You know, big 98 there. and I, You know, like I said earlier, I mean, he was the guy that, you know, when I was on the practice squad, I was like 270. And, you know, he was like, hey, use this, like, as a redshirt year in college and game weight and play the run. And You know, that's one thing. Uh, you know, we were never the prettiest guys in our pads and anything, but that, <laughs> that's one thing great about the Ravens. You know, they didn't care what you looked like as long as you could play and great, great effort. And, I mean, yeah, that, you know, I'd, I'd go in there, and if I got blocked, I'd feel bad for a play just because I felt like I let Goose down.
0: Man, that is, that <laughs> is, that is wild, Kelly. I never knew yeah. that. That's really wild. Uh, that's so cool. That's so powerful.
2: One of the best stories ever. I'm playing. I mean, this is my. I get off the practice of squad and I'm playing on that 2001, and I'm starting on goal line. You don't know, have to have like four minutes of line to start on goal line. So I run out there and I'll never forget. I forgot who we we're playing, but Goose was like, "Hey, we know where they're running. They're running at you, Kelly." And I'm, never, you know, I'm like, "Man, please be quiet. They're going to hear you making, you know, <laughs> you know, just just that, that good, you know, that good ribbon skin like an armadillo." You know, and I'm never. I was like, "Oh my God, they really aren't coming towards me." She's like, "Hey, they're running at Kelly," and just. You know, just the most – I mean, even in the games, we had so much fun. And that's the I mean, that's the way you should play the game and live
0: life. Hang on, but you're in the lead. Did you make the play or not?
2: No, I think it was a play-action pass. Oh. I'll never forget. I was like, if they run over me and they score, I'll never get back on the field no doubt,
0: again. Right. No. right? How, do you, how do you even walk back to the, the, the sideline at that point? Right, you know, oh. that was
2: just him seeing what kind of guy you were, you know, to ch- try to test you. Once you were in, man, I mean, he would d- – he would do anything for you. I mean, he, he just I mean, you couldn't ask for a better teammate.
0: Man, oh, um, do, do you have a favorite? Did, did he ever get you on a prank, Kelly? Did you Did he ever? Well, of course, famously, we all know what he did to Shannon. I mean, everybody,
2: everybody. Oh yeah, that was, I'll tell you one of the best ones he ever did. We went deer hatting and we got a deer, and he was going to mount the head. and He brought the head in the Ravens locker room, and you know Ray, all those guys, those tough guys. I've never seen so many guys. Uh, run out of that locker room when Goose was chasing with that deer head. <laughs> <Just, laughs> I loved it. I've never uh, seen those guys. Those guys were tougher than anything. And you thought a dead deer, they were, they, they ran for the hills. Those
0: guys. I'm literally picturing it right now. Okay. <laughs> no, he
2: just, was just
0: coming in and coming after.
2: Hey Ray. Hey Ray. Did you see this? Yeah. Yeah. See what we see. What we shot. See what we shot. And those guys, they blitzed out. Of it. I think it was big old ten point two.
0: That's so great. That uh, he, was, so he always wonderful. had it
2: so much fun. I mean, I'll never get Matt Simon, the running back coach, yeah. uh, comes into the defensive line meeting room and is like, "Hey guys, this is when they're, uh, you know, we're, they're playing in the playoffs." Denver Broncos. He had coached at Denver. and He was like Tom Nalen and these guys. And I just remember Goose slamming the door in his face. Get the blank out of <laughs> here. You ain't, there ain't nobody tougher than us. And boy, they dominated that offensive <laughs> line. But I, You know, Goose didn't want to hear it. Goose was like, we're going to go out there and play our way and punch him in the nose.
0: Yeah, I mean, by the way, it worked out for you guys. That (laughs) that strategy appeared to be okay (laughs) for what you were able to do, man. Um, uh, boy, Kelly, I'm I am literally I'm gonna pee myself in a second <laughs> listening to you talk about Tony Saragusa. Uh, some of the things that have, that have come up this week, um, and, and and you weren't here in '96, but you still arrived in the infancy of the franchise. And Kelly, you know what the Ravens became in this town, obviously. Right. I credit Tony with so much of the relationship between this city. and and this football team. Look, you guys won a Super Bowl, and, and, and you had superstar players, and the city was always going to inevitably embrace the Ravens. But the personal connection, and you know this as well as anyone, because you were a defensive tackle, and people owned your jersey in this town, right? Like, the, Right, the,
2: that's all because of Goose, you know? Right. Like, you know, that's, what, that's what Baltimore is, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, NFL players, you know, they want them 6'4", 280, but I mean, Goose brought that toughness to that Baltimore, you know, like, hey, you know, we may not be the, you know, we ain't, we ain't winning no eye test, but, you know, darn it, ain't no one going to run on us, and we're going to knock your rear ends back in the backfield, and, you know, just sort of that hardworking mentality of Baltimore, you know, like, that's what, you know, all, you see all the guys would wear 98 Goose, and, you yep. know, the people, I mean, it, just hardworking, tough dudes. I don't
0: know that there's any football player that did more for the relationship between this franchise and this city than Tony Saragusa did. Like I just, I'm with the, the the touch, the connection, the willingness to go out and, you know, grab people by the back of their neck and, and tell them that they, they love them. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know that there's one person that meant more in establishing that connection than Tony did.
2: I agree. Totally. I agree. totally. I mean, he would stop for everybody. I mean, it was just bigger than life. Yep. You know, it was just—it was so fun to be with him, and uh, you know, just everything. I'll never forget trying to hide on hard knocks, you know, <laughs> down in that bar down there, because you know I'm a young guy and Goose he like, "Hey, we're drinking, you know, having a good time." And I tell you, when it was time to work and get after, there's no one that worked harder. But you know, we always had a lot of fun, and you know, that's. You know, I think the people in the city grew for that. You know, football's supposed to be fun, and there's nobody that had a. More fun. I I could still see him making a tackle for a loss and doing that big old yeah. goose, them wings. Yep. You know? Yeah. I mean he's smiling down on us up there right now.
0: I don't I don't remember who it was that said it the other day, but imagine being a guy who had two sacks per season and yet you had a sack dance.
5: Like just, right? just <laughs>
2: hey, Goose is one of the only guys too. We're playing the Titans. I'll never forget it goes to the uh, in the first quarter, I think he goes to the hospital in ambulance, and he comes back in the fourth quarter. I said, you're the only guy ever to go off in an ambulance to come back and play in the same day. Like,
0: like he's <laughs> like he's Ric Flair in a pro wrestling match, you know?
2: Right. <laughs> the Ravens, were, I'll never forget, one of the best ones, too, where that year were they were rolling, knocking everybody back. They had some beer at the old practice field in the snow. They were going to have a Ravens Christmas party. Here comes Goose walking around at practice. We're drinking a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Right. <laughs> ain't I mean, no one going to run on us. No doubt. Never, Bill, Billick, you know, was great. You know, just letting those guys, I mean, obviously Marvin Rex and those guys, but I mean, that those guys on that defense. And it started with Goose. Oh. <laughs> I mean – Goose was the one, technique and everything, and, uh, you know, kept that money clean, let Ray make all the time.
0: No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, I mean, as we know, right? I mean, Ray, yeah. once he was gone, Ray was like, you guys go be- better go get me Haloti Nada. Like, you guys right. better go get me that dude. I And not, not to say that Tony Seragusa made Ray Lewis. Like, Ray Lewis is a, you know, a, oh, a,
5: an Stardust, iconic team. Yeah.
0: But he, he made him different, I think. Like, he allowed him right. to become the superstar. Oh, yeah, Ray yeah. was great at everything. But,
2: you know, just sort of like, uh, you know, they would... Re- re- uh, Goose would always say, it's like batting practice. You know, everyone's going to go yard and back. If we keep the guys off right, he'll knock Eddie George out every time.
0: Exactly. Exactly right. God. And, you know, and the best thing, too, for as much of a a larger-than-life personality as he was, every time I listen to somebody tell me about Yeah, but he cared about his family more than anything in the world. He loved us. He took care of us as teammates. It it it's staggering to me. Like there's a very Santa Claus like mentality that we're talking about when it comes to Goose.
2: Oh yeah, I mean we're playing. I'm never forget. He's having conversations with the other. Everybody loves Goose. I mean, you know, it's just because he, you know. Sometimes you know the guys playing the NFL, they maybe ego or something, but yep. never goose. You know, goose always. And I loved him on the sideline. He just yeah, it's it's a shock, but I, I tell you, I mean, we all should strive to live life like goose.
0: It's tough. It's tough because what you're, I know what you're referencing, Kelly. Dude, it he's 55 is way too young. But Jesus definitely. Christ, did he pack about 150 years into 55? Man, like
2: definitely, about, definitely, uh,
0: about three lives worth of human into the one life that was cut short, and that sucks so much. Um, That's
5: right.
0: Dude, I could do this for an hour with you, bro. I could just sit back and listen to you tell stories. I know. Are you still doing the radio thing out in Oklahoma? I'm
2: still doing the radio, yeah. My wife says I got to do something to get out of the house. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No. You bet. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful. And again, like I you know, I wake up every day, and I, you know, I owe most of my, you know, Goose and Rex help me out the most.
0: Man, well, you know, you know how it is back here. Anytime you're here, you know how beloved you are. You know that there's never going to be a night where anybody's going to think you should have to pay for a meal in this town, my friend. You know that's well, the case.
2: I, I couldn't thank Baltimore enough, the organization and the people. I mean, that's uh, you know, it's it's a storybook career, and again. Playing with one of the best guys ever in Goose. I mean, I tell you, i, I got to pitch myself sometimes.
0: Man, Kelly Gregg, truly love you, my friend. Thank you always. as always. Thank you. Love you guys. Appreciate you, dude. We'll talk soon, all right? It's...
2: You bet. Thank you guys so much. Whew.
0: Man, God, I love Kelly Gregg. And, and very much in, you know, the impact that Tony had on Kelly Gregg and his life and his career. I mean, so easy to identify that. So easy to see. And who Kelly became and carving out his own. I mean, Kelly Gregg, as he says, storybook. It makes no sense. It makes no sense that a nose tackle who, when he arrived, was, was undersized, as he points out. He was 270. And he never became a giant carved out a 10-year career in one town where he became a beloved figure and and fans literally wore his jerseys. It makes no sense. Try explaining that. But it happened because of Tony Siragusa. Because in the infancy of this franchise, we fell in love with a defensive tackle who had a larger-than-life personality. And Kelly's got a great personality. He ain't Tony. Nobody ever will be, but he's got a great personality. And yes, the Buddy Lee thing helped. It, I mean, it helped. He looked like a guy that was on all the commercials, and we he couldn't help but notice it. And you could see the impact that Tony Siragusa had on Kelly Greg. I, I was, I was getting emotional listening to Kelly talk about Tony. I was getting emotional, like this, this dude. This dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up writing about Tony for press box come Monday, and I think I know where I'm going with it. I, and I'll I'll wait. Obviously on Monday I like to give away my column. It's what I do. On the show, you hey you don't have to read the column because I'm just gonna give it away. But I'm I'm writing about tony on um, monday for pressboxonline.com i greatly appreciate kelly greg taking the time and truly could listen to him talk about tony siragusa forever man that uh that is good stuff that is really really good stuff all right um getting more responses our think tank question today is about austin hayes how do we talk to our kids about austin hayes what exactly is austin hayes what is he? That's what I want to know. Brian says I need to see more. He spent a lot of time injured, and this is his first healthy season that I can remember. Not sure of his age, but Brian, you know, there's a Google, right? Like if you can access Twitter, I promise you you can access Google. Austin Hayes is 26. I would see what happens for the next few weeks, and if someone throws a stupid offer at you, then you take it. Why are we talking about trading Austin Hayes? I don't – what is going on here?
1: I guess people expect a, a huge haul for him.
0: Are we just yeah. so used to the, the Orioles dealing everybody at the deadline that that's when we have a conversation about any player, that's what we're talking about? Is there yeah. some like permeating thing about trading Austin Hayes that I'm unaware of? Some multiple people that have gotten in this morning and talked about trading Austin Hayes. I'm befuddled by that. Again, with the caveat being, yeah, if somebody wants to offer you everything they've got, sure. But as the Orioles go from rebuild to what we expect to be some sort of competition, contention maybe, in the next year or two remembering they are a a over 500 team since adley rutchman was called up i'm confused to say the least about a conversation about tr- trading
5: trading 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 playoffs playoffs
0: i am i i i'm I, I don't i don't know what to say i don't know what to say matt um as we've been talking about he reminds me of markakis and that he's just a rock solid baseball player could hold a corner outfield spot and bat in the top half of the lineup for the next eight years of healthy that's my barometer do we think austin hayes can be not exactly Nick Markakis, but some sort of comparable to Nick Markakis within what the Orioles do for the next few years. It, it's obvious to make a parallel between what Cedric Mullins did a year ago and Adam Jones. Of course, what Cedric Mullins did a year ago is even better than Adam Jones. We just didn't think it was practical to assume that he could do that every year. And so far we've been right, although, you know, it's, who knows, He might he might be that guy. Um that that to me is the barometer, right? That's the the question that I'm trying to answer is am I convinced that Austin Hayes can hold down a significant spot and play at a high level, a Nick Markakis like level for the span of about 6 years?
1: Yeah, and I think Jack Jack on Facebook says similar things, same what you're thinking, comparing him to Nick. Nick was a corner outfielder without power. He was a he was a nice role player, but you know, hard to invest big money in him. Well, but And that's I feel like that's I th- the question point. Th- I think point.
0: the point is that you're not there's no world in which you believe that Austin Hayes is costing you twenty plus million dollars a year. Once upon a time you got Nick Marquez for six what was it, six sixty? 660, six sixty six, somewhere in that range. He did a six year deal for a little bit more than ten million dollars a year. I get it. The the way the contracts have changed, that wouldn't if you think that Austin Hayes is Nick Marcakis-esque, then those numbers would would move. Yeah, 60 or 66? 66. 66. That's what I thought it was. So it was $11 million a year for Nick Markakis. But again, I get it. Inflation, whatever. I don't even like using the word inflation right now. <laughs> um, But it, if if you're saying that we think he's a Nick Marcakis-esque player, it's going to cost more than $11 million. But I don't think it's going to cost you... I don't think that that balloons all the way to six one twenty.
1: Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's that is what his value would be. I mean, Marquez essentially got a ten year, uh, ten years, eleven million a year because he got four years for forty four right, four right, right. after it from in the Atlanta.
0: Under, so. Understood. But there was some concerns about his neck, as you remember mm-hmm. at that point. There, right. was, there, was, there but was. But he got
1: the same. Basically, I mean, the same. Animal. Right.
0: <clears throat> but the the thought would be that he played well enough in Baltimore that maybe at that point, six years later, he was worthy of more money. Right. It was then, tough for him to get more money because of the injury. Remember, that was the reason why yeah, it, yeah. The, the Orioles didn't bring it back. Not not that we are uh, you know. Anyway, I'll I'll move on from that. In his Orioles career, Nick Marcakis hit two ninety for nine seasons. That's tough to do. Over a nine year span. To hit 290. Got on base at a 358 clip, which isn't overwhelming, but good. Can Austin Hayes be that for seven years with what we think is even better defending? Can he be, I mean, again, maybe not that, but something close to that? Can he be a right now he's a 287 hitter a year ago obviously he would hit 345 on base, on base this season. I I I'm worried this goes back to using the term heater. I'm worried that those numbers reflect and just an incredible stretch. An unbelievable stretch for Austin Hayes. And that specifically it's going to be hard to get to those numbers, but because of his range what he can cover, if he can stay healthy, and having that insane arm, he can make a Nick Markakis-esque impact, even if he's not hitting
1: 290 for the totality of his Orioles career. Can we compare him to like Kevin Kiermeyer Almost like Kiermaier doesn't hit very well, but his defensively, Kiermeyer's just. It's a,
0: it's a fair comparison, but you know, is is Kevin Kiermaier someone that you have to have? Is. I, I, Kevin Kiermeyer comes off as kind of a luxury for a team right. versus a, a piece that you need to build around. To like, build around you, you don't want right? to build around him. And, and build around is tough because, again, I, I'm not saying he's the singular piece that you're building around. It's identifying, like, five players that you think can be the core of your next era of contention. And we all believe Adley Rutschman is one of those guys. And we think Ryan Mountcastle could be one of those guys. And we're trying to figure out who the other ones are because the likelihood is some still aren't here yet, right? Like Gunnar Henderson, who Baseball Prospectus said this week was the best player left in the minor leagues. That's fun to hear. I mean, it's it's a little over the top, but Jared Seidler wrote a, a really interesting piece about it, and it's worth the read. We think it's possible that Gunnar Henderson is that guy, he's just not here yet, and he's still extraordinarily young. Maybe Cedric Mullins, you know, maybe. I I don't know that still, but maybe Cedric Mullins is one of those guys, and we're trying to figure out, it feels like in the neighborhood of five, Think about the stretch, and I get it. Some of these guys weren't here for the totality. Like Manny didn't arrive until late in the 2012 season. Nick Marcakis disappeared after 2014. But in creating that mix that allowed the Orioles to become competitive in the teens, Manny, Adam Jones, Nick Marcakis, J.J. Hardy, who was, nah, it's not fair because that was a free agent acquisition. So that, I maybe scratch J.J. Hardy. Manny, Adam Jones, Adam Jones was acquired in a trade, but he truly, I mean, like, he came up as an or he barely had played in Seattle. I don't count uh, Adam Jones' time in Seattle. Manny, Adam Jones, Nick Marcakis, then throw in Matt Weeters. We've got to be realistic about that. Chris Davis, another trade acquisition, but, again, someone who had played only sparingly in Texas at that point. You had to identify that core that was going to be the central part of your ability to move into that next phase. The Orioles paid Adam Jones and Nick Marcakis. They also paid Brian Roberts, and Brian Roberts somehow counts in this conversation. It's just difficult to figure it out because his timeline doesn't line up perfectly with this. Um, but identifying central parts of this committing at least something to saying, hey, you're not the singular centerpiece of whether this works that at the moment is Adley Rutschman. But you're part of it in some form or fashion, and we're identifying that and kind of anointing you as being that guy that we're counting on for the next five, six years in order to help make this work. That's why I think the Nick Markakis comparison is the one that I keep coming back to. I keep coming back to Ken Austin Hayes, not directly. He's not it's a different version of Nick Markakis, but it's the closest thing I can compare him to as far as what he can offer as a corner outfielder. Would you sign him to a 6-year deal? That's the question that we're, you know, like that's 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 what we're, you know, that's the how do we talk to our kids about it, right? Like I I said yesterday I'd probably want to wait at least through the end of this year. And and maybe into next season. And I get it when you say that, you're you're allowing him if you get midway through next year to be within a year and a half of free agency. And so now all of a sudden there's less time for him to be enticed by buying out the arbitration years and more, hey, I'm getting pretty close. If I can just ride this thing out, I can negotiate with all the teams instead of negotiating with one team. It's the reason why you typically want to get ahead on these things. And I'm saying I feel an amount of trepidation still about, I, I love what I'm seeing from Austin Hayes. It's incredible. But am I certain of it? i I, I I'm not certain. I'm not sure. I I have a good feeling, but I'm not sure. I'd rather get a little more evidence before I make that type of commitment. Now, would it be exciting for the for fans if tomorrow the Orioles held a press conference and announced a 6-year deal for Austin Hayes? It'd be unbelievable. And as I said about Adley, there's an amount of value that comes with that that goes beyond whether or not it's, you know, black or white, the right way to go about handling your business. There's something there that's so exciting. There's something there that does so much for your fans that alone might make it worth it. I would certainly not be bothered if that was what we were talking about. If on Monday's show, we were reacting to the Orioles announcing an extension for Austin Hayes, there would be no part of me that would walk in and say, boy, I don't know about this one. I'd say giddy up. Let's go. All in. I'm excited. Let's do it. But if you're asking me if I was Mike Elias, how I'd want to go about doing my business, I would still think I'd want a bit more evidence. And part of it is knowing how he's been scouted that he was not scouted as a surefire, cannot miss type of bat. Guy who had a hit tool, but no certainty that came along with that. Let's make sure this isn't just an absurd heater that he's on and that this is something that can extend for a little bit longer. That's the way that I would go about handling my business. But it ain't my money. They want to pay it, let's do it. Let's go. I I am all for projecting to this fan base, hey, we are announcing to you, these are your guys. Get excited. Buy some jerseys. We're committing. This is the group. You're going to be watching these guys play at Camden Yards for at least the next five to six years. Let's go. Come on. I'm all for that. I think that would be electric for this fan base to be able to feel those things. All right. um, Today's show, and hour number one of today's show, which is winding down, has been brought to you by... This one's brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where they are trying to give you a backyard barbecue for you and your friends right now. All you got to do is go to glorydaysgrill.com, register... No purchase is necessary. Now I encourage you to make a purchase because there's nothing better than glory burgers and glory ribs and glory wings and there's glory for everyone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. But no purchase is necessary in order for you to enjoy all the delicious food at Glory Days Grill. And well, I guess to purchase never mind. Sorry, strike that. If you want to enjoy that delicious food, you do have to, to buy it. But you can enjoy the backyard barbecue that you can register to win which would involve delicious Glory Days Grill but maybe I was right the first time by registering at glorydaysgrill.com they are giving away a backyard barbecue for you and your friends if you win you had better invite your pal here I am slaving away over a hot microphone you better say hey GC big winner why don't you come hang out with me we're gonna have tons of Glory Days food yeah Okay. I'll 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 arrange the schedule in order to make that happen again glorydaysgrill.com for you to get signed up. Uh Tony, I don't really have much of anything to say about the NBA draft. It did not for those of you that uh, <clears throat> saw my advice, uh, yeah, t- your Duke uh, player went one. You didn't win any money if you bet the way that I suggested you should bet. Sorry, <laughs> just the way that it goes. Um I I, I the complaints seemed to be last night but they've always been about the NBA draft. It's what makes it problem like in comparison to the in the NFL, you announce the trade. So that when you announce a player, you know that player is going to play for the right team. How the NBA has never figured this out is befuddling. I'll never in my life understand a made for TV event that's not made for TV what in the world this could just be an email if that's what you want you could you could do it in a discord chat the way that some people do fantasy football drafts my guide you're doing a television program make good television let the fans of a team know who's going to be playing for their team and i get that some of these nba trades are so bloody complicated it's part of the problem I I I kept watching last night, and being like, so are the Knicks getting anything? Like, what is th- what are they doing? <laughs> did they get anything to just give up all these picks? That's part of the issue. I was happy to watch the Orioles last night instead of the NBA draft. I, I I'm not, you know, I've never been an NBA draft because we don't have a team, right? Yeah. Like, like there were some years when I was in Phoenix with the Suns. You know, like if they had a, a higher pick, I guess I was a little bit more interested, but. Yeah, I mean, if there's a Maryland know. guy that's gonna
1: go, but I, yeah,
0: but, I mean, sure, like but we don't, we don't have a team. Yeah, I was very excited when Jalen Smith went to the Suns. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like the most exciting. Oh, yeah. it, that lasted for not even two years.
1: <laughs> um, we can be Hawks fans basically. Like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Kevin Herder's there. That's, <laughs> like, I, it's, I'm just not as into the NBA draft because I don't have a team. I don't. I'm not. I'm not getting a new toy. I, I say I don't have a team. I personally have a team. I do. The Suns didn't make a pick, so. There was no reason to be interested in it. I also understand that the thing that I'm into, most of this community isn't into, so I'm not going to be talking about it
1: the next day on I the show. I consider myself a Wizards fan, so I was, okay. I was very happy to see Johnny Davis go, like Johnny, to go to the Wizards. I like Johnny yeah. Davis. I thought that I mean, was a I great don't, pick. I don't,
0: I don't know what that's going to be, but I like Johnny yeah. Davis as I mean, a player. Wizards are I mean, I, I mean, they can use just about anything. Yeah. Um, I get it, though. The complaints about the quality of the television show and how confusing it is. I understand that. It is a confusing television program that they produce every year when you're announcing a draft pick, but you have no idea who that draft pick is actually going to play for. That's not good TV. We come back in. Speaking of the draft, the MLB draft is coming up. We do an MLB draft segment every week. This week, Keith Law from The Athletic is going to join us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. wide range of models and trim lines you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer
7: today Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steak, salad, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard.
0: The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Klatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker, and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who Lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition
4: as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressboxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, well, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take
0: it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR into hour number two of the program. Sam the Fan is going to stop by at some point this hour. Orioles continue their series with the White Sox tonight. Austin Voth on the mound against Michael Kopech. Orioles, again, coming off a really nice win last night, and we'll continue to talk about Austin Hayes throughout the morning. But right now, Let's talk a little MLB draft. We talk draft at least once a week here on GCR leading up to all-star weekend. He's got a new mock draft this week and he has changed who he has the Orioles taking with the first pick in his most recent mock draft. It's always a pleasure to welcome back to the program from the athletic. He's Keith law and he's with us here on GCR. Keith, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Sure thing. Um, Drew Jones, has he separated himself significantly from everybody else? Is this a, he's, no matter what the Orioles do, he's definitely the best prospect? Or is it still a little bit closer than maybe it was the last time the Orioles had the number one pick and Adley Rutschman seemed to be the consensus guy?
6: Yeah, I don't agree that Drew Jones is head and shoulders above everybody else in this draft. He's one on my draft board. There are four or five players who I think you could fully justify taking with the first overall pick. And for the Orioles' general draft approach, for Mike Elias' general draft approach, which is to consider all the candidates, in addition to considering what their financial expectations might be, and to find the player that's the best deal, uh, makes a ton of sense in this draft. If you could get one of those other players for $2 million less than Drew Jones, and then spend that savings to get better prospects with subsequent picks, you should do that. And it would not surprise me all if the Orioles did take that strategy.
0: So it's interesting you say you should do that. You, it, 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 that's how close you think these prospects are to each other, that there really is not a $2 million worth difference between Drew Jones and insert name
6: here. No, there, there is not. And I think if people are claiming that there is, you know, I would I would have serious questions because I don't think this is just my opinion. I think this is a pretty this really reflects a pretty broad consensus. I haven't run into anybody in this draft scout executive who thinks that Drew Jones is the Bryce Harper of the draft class, who is just absolutely no doubt the number one guy. I know people who have him first on their prep list, but who also argue that it, there's not that big of a gap between him and Insert second name here. Termar Johnson, mm-hmm. Jackson Holiday, Elijah Green. I think you can make Cam Collier, who actually is number two on my board. Yeah, I, I think saw. you can make really good cases for all of those guys. And if, if the money's the same, I take Drew Jones. If the money's not the same, though, I consider what I can do with the savings because the Orioles have extra picks and a history of using that savings to get other high, highly ranked or at least highly rated in their own opinion players with those later
0: picks. Keith, you had the Orioles taking Jacob Berry in your first mock draft this year. Why did you change to Drew Jones? I I think one of the things we've talked about a lot is, hey, Mike Elias has done one thing in every draft since he's been in Baltimore. He's taken a college bat, right? And so it kind of made sense to some of us when we saw Jacob Berry's name being thrown around or even Brooks Lee's name being thrown around because, hey, this is what he does. Why did you make the switch from Berry to Jones this time around?
6: So I say in the mock, no one is going to know who the Orioles are taking until about five minutes before the pick. Mike Elias, Sig, maybe the scouting director, maybe. That's it. Those are the only people who are going to know who they're taking. This has been Elias' philosophy on the first pick going back to when he was uh, not even the scouting director yet, but was actually running the draft 10 years ago in Houston with Carlos Correa. Nobody knew, the folks, I know people who were in that draft room, and they said about five, ten minutes before the first pick, Elias and Jeff Luno came back into the room and said, here's who we're taking. And that was the first anyone else had heard of it. So all we're doing with these mocks, and I speak yeah. for myself, I right. think I can speak for the other guys who do this, is guessing. we're making educated guesses. <laughs> now, I will tell you this. I believe the Orioles rank Jacob very, very highly. Far higher than I do. Because he has no position. That is a DH. Yep. However, I also have heard from, by, not directly from Jacob Berry's advisor, but folks who talked to him, he doesn't think he's going first. I will also say Brooks Lee's advisor doesn't think Brooks Lee is going first. They think those, both those players are going a little bit later, and that's not great information. It's very secondhand, but I thought that was enough of a reason to say, hey, let's explore another scenario with a player we know is in the Orioles' mix. Obviously, they've, they've scattered Jones. They're not ignoring him. I think they're just considering all the options.
0: He is Keith Law from the Athletic. He's with us here on GCR. We're going to link up his uh, most recent mock draft from the Athletic on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio for you to check it out. Um, Keith, what is
6: Drew Jones
0: like? I mean, it, it, is he is he Ken Griffey? What what is he specifically as a prospect?
6: He's definitely not Ken Griffey. I I think the hope is he's his dad, mm-hmm. but. His dad was, obviously his dad by virtue of being born outside the United States, signing as an international free agent when he was 16. His dad was in the majors at 19. Drew Jones is not going to be. Drew Jones' level of experience is much less than his father's was, and that doesn't mean Drew can't end up a star, but he's definitely on a different path. He has pretty good power. He can really play center. He does look a lot like his dad playing center. I've seen it. It's funny. It's sort of like... Oh, where have I seen that before? Oh, yeah, his father. That's exactly like his father. And Drew can really run. There are questions about where the hit tool is. It's not to say he can't hit, but nobody is walking away like they are with Termar Johnson, another Georgia high school player, where Mm -hmm. everyone says, that kid can hit. That's the best hit tool in the whole draft. I know plenty of people who've seen Drew Jones more than I have. I've only seen him two games. But people have seen him more who say they all like him but we're not sure how advanced the hit tool is right now. He might get into pro ball and have some more swing and miss and just need more development time. Nobody thinks he stinks, just to be absolutely <laughs> clear. But it is that, hey, if, you're gonna be, if we're going to talk about you as a you no-doubt know, no 1-1 one, one guy, Griffey, Harper, A-Rod, guy like that, you should hit. There should be no question about your hit tool. And with Drew Jones, it's, you know, his hit tool might be kind of below average right now, and it's just going to take time for him to get there. And to me, that is the big thing that brings him back into this group of just the the high school guys. And I put Collier in that group because he's 17, he's a Juco guy. That cluster of guys where each one has strengths and weaknesses. And you're getting into, I think, a pretty interesting debate about the relative merits of those guys. And Would you bet on the upside of a Drew Jones or an Elijah Green with the questions about where they're hit to a law? Or do you take the relative safety of a guy like Tamar Johnson, where everyone believes he's going to hit, but he probably has less overall upside because he doesn't have the size or the huge power or the defensive value.
0: Keith, you, I think, are a little bit more th- than folks that I have talked to. And, and admittedly, mm-hmm. I'm just talking to I'm – not, I'm, not, I'm not saying scouts because I'm not giving any information away that I've, I've gotten from them. Um, from other guys that do what you do, and, and you know who those guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, you're more bullish than, than others about Cameron Collier and it seems like you're not quite as high on Jackson Holiday as some other people are who think he's the consensus top two type of guy. And I know you do have him going number two in your mm-hmm. mock draft. Why is it, what is it that you like so much about Cam Collier, and maybe why are you not quite as high on Jackson Holiday
6: as some other people are? I, with Collier, I mean, honestly, I don't know what other people want to see. This is a 17-year-old who... So he's basically a high school junior who went to the best junior college program in the entire country, Chipola College in Northwest mm-hmm. Florida, and performed extremely well. This guy's facing pitchings almost exclusively two to three years older than he is, and he performed. He showed power. He hit for average. He showed good plate discipline, and he played very well at third base also. He's got a cannon of an arm. There are some questions. He's going to be a big kid. Does he end up outgrowing the infield? I don't think so. I'm not terribly worried about that. But I really think he's going to hit the trifecta. Hit, get on base, and show some power. And he's gone up to the Cape and played a couple games up there and looked very good, once again, facing much older competition. Went out to the Combine. All he did out there was take BP. But it was a good BP because he can do that. So, you know, my question to anyone wondering, is why anyone who says he's not a top five or top ten pick is, what more are you looking for? This guy did everything we asked for. He's doing it at a younger age facing much older and better competition than any of these high school kids have faced. Jones, Johnson, Holiday, Green, none of them are facing this level of competition and he's performing. So if he's got tools, he's got youth on his side, he's got production. What more are we asking of a player? There's nothing more he could have done to boost his stock. And I do know plenty of scouts who agree. They don't all necessarily think he's two in the country but who think he's worthy of a top-five pick. And I know teams in the teens that are just praying hmm. that I'm wrong
5: right. and that he slides to
6: them. I don't think so. Collier's floor is probably seven or eight, um, and there's just a lot of buzz that he's going to go forward to the Pirates, which would make sense. He's kind of their sort of player, and they would value his youth particularly highly in the way that they draft. So I think it it makes sense that, that he would go there. I, if he goes higher, it would surprise me. I have written this before though. The fact that he's seventeen and has production, I know the Orioles R and D is gonna rank him extremely high. What I don't know is what do the rest of them think? What does Michael think? What is what does Sig think? What do their scouts actually think about Collier? I just know that the model's gonna love him.
0: Okay. And I mean I, I he's someone admittedly I have not spent nearly enough time with. And I'm after this conversation gonna have to go do some more homework on and make some more calls about. Um I, I do you think that he'd be worthy of the number one pick? Do you think that it's really something that the Orioles could do?
6: If I'm right that his next spot is four, it's a lot like what the Pirates did. Pirates, who have to coincidentally pick four. Yeah. Last year with Henry Davis, where they knew Davis wasn't going to go two or three or maybe even four. So they, they were able to shave $3 million off slot yep. to get Davis, who I thought was the first or second best player in the draft. Pick your poison, him or Marcelo May loved henry davis and he's looked great so far but they ended up with two more guys who were first round caliber anthony solomero and bubba chandler with the savings and went over a slot on a couple other guys after that too the orioles could do that they could walk home with a uh just a basket full of high ceiling guys if they were able to do if they took collier gave in basically slot for pick three or four they're going to leave this draft with two more guys who are first-round caliber and a couple of other over-slot guys. And that's a huge win, especially if my, one of my criticisms of the Orioles' farm system is there's really still not very much pitching. Sure. They've mm-hmm. done a nice job of rebuilding this. It's yep. very skewed towards position players. Well, this would be one way to go get a bunch of pitching in a draft where there's no pitcher worth taking at the first pick. There's just nobody even close. Yep. But they can definitely take that money and go get a couple of pitchers at you know, they have the two comp picks plus their regular second round and regular third rounder. They can have a field day. And they, if they decide that that's the best strategy, maybe they don't do it with Collier. Maybe they do it with Tamar Johnson. But to me, it would feel like a very Mike Elias thing to do. And I could 100% justify it given their system's needs and the talent that exists in this draft for basically for picks like 30 to 70, which is or 75, right? All their, all their other picks are in that range. They could really clean up, and I would uh, personally, I would, I would really like to see it because I think it would be exactly what this organization needs.
0: I want to talk. You've got you, in your rankings, you have Kamar Rocker ranked as now number thirty-four again, and I know that we've seen him pitch and he's looked good. Um, the Orioles are picking right in that area at thirty-three, and I don't know if he's a guy that you're you can. I have no idea what the money reality is for Kamar Rocker at this point and what it would take to sign him, but. Is is this what we're talking about? That like doing something like this could make that a possibility?
6: I don't think there's any chance that they take him. Okay. Um, given Michael, you know, Michael Ives took Brady Aiken. Yeah. Right? And that was. Yep. And I'll honestly, I, I don't think anything. You know, Mike was not did not have gray hair when I first met him. But I think <laughs> that summer probably put more gray hairs on his head than anything else. I don't think he's taking a guy with a question. An in injury medical. risk. All right. And to be clear, we don't know. There's been no public reporting on what the Mets saw that caused them to completely walk away. They didn't make Kumar Raka a lower offer after the post-draft physical. They flat-out walked yep. away. So the Orioles aren't doing that. They could take a Tommy John guy. That wouldn't surprise me. If there's a Tommy John guy where they look at the medical before the draft and say, yep, we're comfortable with this, this is a typical rehab, I would not be surprised at all if they did that. And there's a bunch of those guys. There's eight guys on my top one hundred are returning in some fashion from Tommy John. Don't be surprised if the Orioles ended up with one of them. Okay.
0: And and you don't see Rocker falling that far anyway. You you got him ranked at 34, but you have him going before that in the draft, correct?
6: There are about three teams, I think, could do it in the first round. Yeah. Again, depending on the medical. It's possible everyone sees the medical system, says, Oh, no. cow, yeah, we're not yeah. touching.
1: Yeah, I get but
6: it. But it. the one way for Scott, you know, Rocker has Scott for and Rocker was supposed to get five or six million dollars last year. The one way for Rocker to come out of this feeling more or less like he won or for Boris to feel like he won would be for a team to take Rocker and fast track him to the big leagues as a reliever this year, which I think he could do. I think he could pitch in the majors. It would have to be some team that says, I don't care if he blows out in four years. We're gonna just get him to the majors now and get value immediately. And again, not that's not the Orioles. It wouldn't make sense strategically for them to take that player.
0: All right, Keith Law, last one for you. Let me go back to to Barry and and Brooks Lee. Mm Time-wise, you know, you talk about Collier being a little bit younger. And Mm -hmm. in fairness, Bobby Witt and Adley Rutschman got to the major leagues at essentially the same time, right? Witt actually got there quicker, but that's only because Rutschman was hurt.
6: Yeah, and pandemic, too. Right. Does does
0: timeline matter here with the Orioles transitioning into – the period in which we believe they're going to at least attempt to contend a bit more? like, Do they have to think about that at all as they make this pick of a player that maybe fits with the timeline where they have Adley Rutschman at the major leagues? Is that Does that need to be at all a thought in what they do at
6: 1-1? I would not use that. It's not an unreasonable question, but I would not use that to force a college player up there. If there were a college pitcher sitting there who was worth taking at 1-1, mm-hmm. I might consider that. Say, our system needs pitching. We're going to need pitching on the Major League roster fairly soon. We're going to have to... I mean, the Orioles are in a position where they're just going to have to go buy some pitching. Yep. right? Even if Grayson comes back completely healthy, and D.L. Hall, who I love, he stays healthy. Okay, great, that's two-fifths of a rotation. You're going yep. to have to go buy some pitching. I'm that big. guy just doesn't exist in this draft. They're all hurt. And so, in that case, you're saying, do we take in a college player college prospects who is inferior to these high school guys because his timeline matches up? Or do we just take the best player available uh, considering the money factor? And then maybe later on pop a college player or two with some of those extra picks. Okay. Who does look like he could move quickly. And I think, yeah, I think that's what you do because this draft is just, it's the weirdest draft I've ever covered. And maybe the worst by, if we're talking about the first round, because there's just no pitching. I've seen so fewer college pitchers myself this spring than any year since i've been doing this because they're all hurt and so i'm not going to get on a plane to go watch a guy throw two innings or chase a reliever for the weekend i've just spent my time going to see hitters instead
0: i mean it's weird because it's the thing we need more than anything in baltimore you're 100 percent right in what mm-hmm. you say about this and look we're hoping that tyler wells is becoming a guy and Dean mm-hmm. Kramer's had a couple of nice starts, but the reality is, you're going to go into next season in Baltimore. talking about wanting to move in in contention without being able to have significant confidence about anything within your own organization as yep. far as pitching is concerned. Um, it's it's a tough spot to be in, and yet there's there's no there's no obvious help that is there to be had, which is very no, they difficult.
6: Could, I guess the one thing you could argue. I'm yeah. just trying to like. I'm playing devil's advocate to myself. Yeah. Here. Yeah. But if you took a Brooks Lee, Kevin, we haven't even discussed Kevin Parada because he's a catcher right. in Georgia Tech. No one thinks they're taking. Right. Him. If in some scenario they did, though, I can tell you Kevin Parada is going to have a lot of trade value this winter. Right. There's everyone loves him. Everyone believes. He's so gonna you, hit. so the you could use that to get captain, your pitching. You just do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I am just now. You and I are just spitballing <laughs> right. here, but that the idea is. Get the most value into the system you can any which way, and if you end up with surplus, you trade from it. You know, Gunnar Henderson's probably made a couple other prospects in that system superfluous now. That's fair. That's great. Yeah. Maybe you trade jo- Jordan, Westbrook. Jordan Westbrook, yeah. but maybe you trade him now to go get the pitching. That's fair... I'd be fine with that. You know, yeah. You're going to have to give up value to get the pitching you need, and because a couple of other guys, are, you know, Henderson's the biggest step forward in the system, and, and I think you know he's probably a top 25 prospect in baseball now. You maybe that opens you up to make some other trades, and that's great. That's a great outcome. And approach this year's draft with the same idea: we're just going to get the best players we yep. can. We will sort it out. Later. Solve
0: that problem down the line. At Keith Law on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, the Athletic, where you see his mocks, his rankings, and uh, can we plug your podcast?
6: Yeah, you can. It's just called the Keith Law Show. That makes it kind of easy to find. I had uh, Sarah Langs of MLB on this week. We talked about a couple of the more interesting rookies in baseball. Looking. From an on field perspective, we're also looking at some of the stat cast data. And some weeks it's baseball, some weeks it's literature, some weeks it's food. It's a, a little of everything. It's just tailored to my own very uh, eccentric set of interests. Love it.
0: Keith Law, always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Let's talk again soon, all right? Yep. It's my pleasure. Keith Law checking in with us here uh, for our MLB draft segment this week. Cam Collier, guy he's very, very high on, says that could be what the Orioles. Would do with the number one pick, save three million bucks, and get yourself some pitching later on in this draft because you still need it. Stan the Fan Charles has joined us in studio. Uh, Stan, good to see you, sir.
7: Good to see you.
0: I know it's been a tough week. Appreciate. Uh, I know you've been working hard. You've been doing. My God, amount of shows that we've been forcing you to. Who's the program director around here that's been forcing you to do this many shows this that's week? A real taskmaster. That guy's a jerk. Now, you guys guy
7: heard the news about Roe versus Wade? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, not. Um, yeah. I got a lot of thoughts. I'm gonna I'm yep. gonna not not use them here. Yep. I got a lot of lot of things Just that I don't know if you know. Yeah, okay. I unfortunately, caught that news this morning. Yeah. And now, who's
7: this guy? Collier?
0: Cam Collier is Keith Law's second overall prospect. Really? In his ranking of prospects.
7: And what position does he's Cam
0: a third baseman? Okay. He's 17 years old. He left high school after his sophomore season to play junior college at a place called Chipola College and chipotle has a college. yes <laughs> correct i mean it, by the way
7: my god i would like to study yeah, they're, there their culinary their
0: culinary program <laughs> oddly terrible uh <laughs> i like chipotle I do. um so cam collier is someone who says look for i, I don't know what it is that you want to see he's 17 years old and yet he's insanely productive at a junior college level right um He's, he checks all the boxes. He's got a 70 arm. He's going to be a legitimate third baseman. What more do you want? Um,
7: how, big a, how big is he? 6'2". Six 6'2". Two. Six two. And,
0: and as he points out, at 17, he could still potentially right. grow a right. little bit from here. So he's not – like he still had in his mock draft the Orioles taking Drew Jones. Right. But he is not remotely convinced. And he's not, even, he's not convinced that it's going to be Drew Jones. He's right. just sort of falling on the idea of – look, he's the number one ranked guy, right. I'm going to have him take them. But, in fact, what he said was the smart thing to do
7: would be to take this is,
0: kid. Or to, take, to save money. He's going the opposite way. Some people say, hey, don't get cute, just yep. take the best player. He's saying the opposite. He's saying the smart thing to do, get cute. Save some money at the top. The difference between these prospects is not worth $2 million. These are guys that are – Drew Jones is not head and shoulders above.
7: And do they know Collier wants to come out? Of, uh, yeah, that's.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thought. Okay. The thought okay. is he's going to he's be not a, transferring right. to Texas. Right, from right. South he's Carolina. committed to Louisville, but, but yes. he's expected okay. to be a top five pick. Okay. Exactly right.
7: Yeah. Um, he could pull a Lamar Jackson then if he's committed to Louisville. Uh, you know, he might. He doesn't he wants to have a conversation <laughs> about the contract? <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> um stan we are talking this morning yes our think tank topic that we put out for everybody how do we talk to our kids about austin hayes and what when, when i say that it's it's a it's a trope that i use on this show big picture how do we because what we're watching right now is incredible i mean it's it's insane mm-hmm. um you know for the cycle the other night you know, you you know
7: was it all to ultimate
0: because you have him? I had him. Oh, you got rid year. of him. I got rid That's of him. So I'd love definitely. to go back
7: to the date that I made the trade. Yeah. I frankly had Austin Hayes for like two and a half years. Uh-huh. Injury, injury. Yep. A yep. lot of strikeouts, a lot of swing and miss, just, you know, and then an injury and not a lot of production. I traded him roughly about July 10th mm. last year. hmm Boy, he you set him been, free. He's you really been did. Absolutely astounding since I traded. You
0: absolutely yeah. set him free yeah. to yeah. become the beautiful butterfly so that he's I, As
7: much as I enjoy watching him, yeah, it's, it's painful. I get it. It's painful every it. night. So he's.
0: I, my question is really, how does he fit in this conversation? And the responses are all over the place. Right. From people that say, "You need to extend him now. He's a star." To people who say, all right, let's see, let's see this play out for another year before we commit to the idea of of him being a central figure in the next five to six years to legitimately stand. I've had multiple people say the Orioles should still be trying to look to trade him. No. Which is insane to me, and I don't know where that's coming from. They're
7: past the the point. Uh, I would say the Mancini, Santander, and Mullins. Are three people that uh, you know would not su- shock me if two of them got traded this year, but Hayes, Moundcastle, and and everyone mm-hmm. moving forward from mm-hmm. there is. I'm not saying they're untouchable, but I am not actively seeking to start trading them. And I, there's that, that starts to be a good correct. nucleus. I don't think they do anything with Hayes in an extension until they settle on what they're doing with Santander, Mullins. It would really be a bad look to, like, next week, announce that uh, Austin Hayes is getting a five-year contract, and Mancini's going. Right, what, the, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, right. You know, what the hell do I do? Uh, I'm chopped liver. I, I get know, that. Uh, I, I think it's a bad look. After he gets dealt during this off season, Would not surprise me if they do try and extend And again, some of
0: the arguments that I made, the tricky part about that is the further you get with Austin Hayes, the closer he is to free agency and the less likely he is to do a a super team friendly deal because he says, hey, look, if I just wait this thing out for another year and a half, I can negotiate with everybody instead of negotiating with you.
7: He also uh, I sat. Uh, ironically, at a game, my cousin was at the game, and we met behind home plate upstairs right in front of the press box. And um, not in front of this press box. Right, in front right. Of the press box. Have Orioles press box, um, yes. Uh, it's funny. We don't really know where this call... press box is right. anymore. because right. Right. <laughs> It's funny how they get to call that the press
5: box. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so they ripped have... it off. Yeah, yeah they they right. What's wrong with, with them?
7: So anyway, we're sitting there. It turns out we're sitting next to – Austin Hayes' wife oh, okay. and two kids, mm-hmm. beautiful kids. You know, you start talking 60, 70, 80 million, you know, 60, 70 million dollars. He's got two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that Austin, with his past, and, Injured, and look, yep. there's a lot of players that get hurt a lot when they're young that just suddenly sort of outgrow the, the fetish almost of running into walls. Sure. Sliding funny. Although that play he made last night. It was unbelievable. Just unbelievable. That's that's a play you easily can wrench your shoulder or something like that. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what happened to Josh Harrison last night.
5: Oh,
0: my God. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It It
7: looked like first you thought it hit him. On his number, yeah, and then you go, No, it got past his number, right? And then he's shaking his the, right hand, the back arm, yeah, yeah 100%. So it hit him like in his trapezius I, or something, I
0: guess. I didn't, like, I didn't go back and watch or it, shoulder
7: anything. blade or something like that. I, I did not, it was I, like a stinger effect, it must have had
0: yeah. 100%. I mean, so, he,
7: anyway, uh, Austin Hayes. Um, I, I, you know, I don't see him sitting there thinking, "Hey, I'm a four hundred million, oh, no, no, no. million dollar, two hundred fifty million dollar player." Nothing like that. If he could get a good five year deal that get, set him up basically for life, you know. Uh, I think the question becomes: Do you are
0: are you at all trepidatious about the uh, the stuff that you're t- the injury history? that this is just an absurd three months that he's having and he's really not. like I, I, I've i used the border of can he be a Nick Markakis-esque figure for this franchise for the next five to six years? The,
7: the confidence level he's playing with right now on, in all aspects of the game. I mean, this is, again, Cedric Mullins last year had a marvelous mm-hmm. season, historic Orioles season, but yet... His his throwing arm is such a fly in the ointment. Yep. This guy runs like 70, mm-hmm. throws it close yep. to 80, uh, and right now his confidence at the plate is in that 70 range too. You know, I don't know if he'll ever hit 340 or 350. No. No, but, uh, you know, he is uh, – if if that's not a player you want to sort of build around, you know, and how old is Austin now? He's 26. 26. Yeah. That's not it's not like he's twenty nine nope. and people go, Well next year he's gonna be thirty yep. as if that's like old, you know. Um that's what they're doing no, with main city. You know. Right. Oh yeah, gonna be yeah, thirty. Yeah, he's, that he's means contract. he's gonna fall off a cliff. Right, Everybody
0: right. knows that. That's right. what happens when you hit thirty. So,
7: I just love the confidence level that he's I, playing I with. I at certainly
0: all times. love the confidence. I am probably inclined to say you wait I, I made I said two different things. I th- I have no pro if on Monday morning I sat down to do this show, and the show was being based around the fact they had announced an extension for Austin Hayes. There would be no part of me that would say, hey, I don't know about this. I would 100% walk in and say, let's go. And I would understand the excitement that it would bring to a fan base. I would understand the electricity of a commitment to somebody being here. You know, go buy the jersey. Don't
7: don't underestimate what that meant to those Buck Showalter years no when, they signed, when they signed Adam Jones. 100 Gave him that five year. Oh my God. It was. You know, market, you know, in, fair market.
0: It was the first moment. In, in 2012, I was so convinced that, like, hey, this is going to come back to reality at some point. Right. Like, this is exciting and all, but come yeah, on. Yeah, wait man. for the like, other shoe to fall. Like, there, just, this is going to come back to reality. That was the first day that I allowed myself even a thought of hey, maybe there is something else going on here. And I still don't know that I thought that day that they were going to make the playoffs in 2012 because, again, we all know that that was semi-fluky what happened in 2012 with the run differential and all that sort of stuff. But it was the first time that I really believed there was a there-there with what the Orioles were doing. I was so convinced that Adam Jones would just get up and walk away at the first opportunity and and all that. Mm-hmm. That I said, man, that something might be happening yeah.
7: here. And I don't th- sense that Hayes is going to walk away. And and how much longer? I, I get so confused now. How much longer do they have control?
0: Of Two that? more years after this year. Two more. Two years. more years after. This. So my point being, if yeah. you're trying to wait a year from now, if you tried to do this at the the trade deadline next year, right he might walk in, or his, whoever his agent is might say, dude, you're a year and a half away. Yeah. To being able to negotiate with everybody in baseball. Right. To being able to find out what one team just happens to have a little extra money and would be willing to give you a yeah. little extra money. Let's not rush into anything.
7: Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think that's a really interesting point, and uh, I, I think next this, off- this season right. is the time to sort of – have a feeling out talk with his agent, let them know where they're kinda yep. at. Uh, and it gives him this second half of this year to for both uh, for the Orioles to look at him, you know, look yep. him over one last time, sort of type of thing. And also for him to see are the crowds starting to come back a little bit. Do they extend Brandon Hyde because he likes Brand you know, I mean it gives him a time to ha- to take stock of what's on the other side, the players' side of things. You know,
0: I mean, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, the Brand Hyde conversation is one we're not really having this year because we kind of accepted once we found out, hey, this contract's not up at the end of the year, as right. as if teams don't that that's not the way it works. Like teams how fire did managers. Get,
7: how did that even get found out? It was. It was uh, Brandon it was, said something. no
0: it was a, it was I want to say like
1: the Re- Sun reported it at the beginning of the year somebody, yeah, it was reported almost like a co- like a normal contract, like a player contract. like wasn't it? Like, well, it was were, just like, reported he, like, resigned almost. essentially just said that this is not the final year on,
0: on okay. Brandon Hydes contract this is the way that it was said. And the understanding being that means there's probably one more that was added on. Um, but but that's not the way that this works. You yeah. don't ever want your manager managing in the final. This, this, we all know this. We right. know that you purposely do this so that people can't look around and say, well, you're just a lame duck anyway. Right. So I don't think it actually means that there's a commitment to Brandon Hyde as much as it's this is what essentially allows you to govern, if right. you will. Right. You have to have the, uh, the, the knowledge that you're not a, a lame duck in order to be able to get people to listen in, but At don't s-
7: you have to don't you have to publicize that a little bit more than the one blurb in April? I mean, do you think the players know that he was given one one extra year? It's a fair question. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a. I mean,
7: it seems like it's the type of thing when you when you really truly extend somebody, and you want them to be a part of what's moving forward. It's usually for longer than a year. It's not just so he can govern; it's to stick a f- stake in the ground and say, it's Brandon Hyde's team?"
0: You know, the uh, it's the it, yeah. only wording was he's under contract beyond 2022. Okay, that's all of the wording, and it yeah. was in
7: and Brandon. That, yeah, it was in the Sun. Yeah, Brandon is so trepidatious about talking about any of this kind of stuff that is the that he views. As the purview of the general manager, that you know, if you ask him about it, he'll go. uh, It's not really a hundred percent. You know, he'll de- deflect it rather than say, "I've got a three-year." But, but as, you know. as
0: and as we talked about, him, we did the cover story, like he's been practical about this the entire time. He does not know what his long-term future is right. in Baltimore. He realized very quick. Like you know, you brought up the comparison to Rick Renteria, and he's like, "Yeah, I know." Like yeah. I. I know what I was getting into when I took the job, but at some point, is a team that's
7: this, this is that point. You know, they've they're five hundred over. We did that
0: game, thing since of that. since Adley Rutschman arrived. They're a game over five hundred,
7: right? But but last night they said they're five hundred over their last like f- they're twenty three and twenty three or something yeah, over sure. forty six games. Yeah. That's where if this dude gets to me anywhere between seventy and seventy five wins this year. I want to know you that he's. You commit I, I, at that I point. think I commit a couple more. Say you know you announce, hey, Brandon's going to be here in twenty-three, and we're tacking on two more years.
0: Do you, you know. do you think this this stretch is a reflection of Brandon Hyde?
7: I, I think it's a reflection of Mike Elias and Sig and his their team. But I certainly think that Brandon is part of that team. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he deserves some credit. I think he said. I think this team pl- has played hard for him most of the last, you know, since 2019. I think you could, you there could, are times when a team that is so overwhelmingly bad mm-hmm. in comparison, they just it's hard for them to get
0: uh, Somebody would point out they had two very long losing streaks right. a year ago obviously. Right. And, right. And, and like you, you can't you can't dismiss those things. No, you can't pretend like horrible. they didn't happen. But to yeah. your point, yes, yeah. they they weren't good enough. I think the best argument you can make is they still don't really have any pitching, and yet they're doing this. Yep. Yep. And and that would be your argument for Brandon Hyde is is he's figuring out a way to get through these games. Now, it helps the bullpen has been, yeah. my God, just so absurdly outstanding
7: that there was no way to see that you coming. You know, I don't, I don't like to pat ourselves on the back. You know, I don't toot our horn that much. But I, again, I really think that the combination of Robinson Chirinos, Anthony Bemboom, and and this dude, this new dude, mm-hmm. you know, who's got a really lame mustache, by the way. <laughs> It really is lame. Jesus. Um, Yeah, that's all I can knock (laughs) him about now. Now that he's stop it. Now that he's you know what? No, no, no.
0: this guy's the most important athlete, (laughs) uh, (laughs) baseball player in Baltimore. Your mustache is beautiful, my friend. (laughs) Beautiful. Anyway, may may we all be so lucky, Dad.
7: So since those three dudes have been in Oriole uniforms, I don't think it's an accident that the pitching has gotten much better. You know, and Palmer. On a nightly basis, Luke and I kid around, he goes, Boy, Palmer really has a heart on for for Pedro Severino. The dude hasn't been here yeah, for he still six, talks. seven yeah, months. Right? But but you can't help but reflect on um, you know, just how bad the bad the catching was. And when it's bad catching, maybe the game calling was bad, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: There's I, I can't you're a hundred percent right about that. I'm still not sure what to make of. We talked earlier in the week, Stan, about how you approach Jorge Lopez at the deadline, and I don't, I don't have uh, our buddy uh, Paul Valley, who you're on with every Saturday on the Bat Around, yep. was was screaming on Twitter over the weekend about if you're moving into contention and you know you've got this guy for another couple of years, why are you dealing him? Like he's been the answer. What are you doing? Whereas the flip side being. You just never know with these arm, with these bullpen
7: arms if he's a guy that's going to be good for three
0: I, years or a guy that was good for three months.
6: I,
7: I will say that again, and I and I've gotten a little ticked off like at trading Cole Sulser and right, Tanner Scott right. for you know, and it turns out I think they got a fairly interesting pitching prospect. I forget the guy's name they announced I can't, it like I, to Haruoka or something like yeah, that. Something, yeah, something. Yeah, you're right. I for I forget. But I, I keep going, what are they doing? I like this guy. Like, right. I like Richard right. Blyer a lot. You 100%. Know? And I'm sure we got and nothing was really useful out of Richard Blyer. I can't even remember. Yeah. But but Javier Lopez is, I mean, you, do you know if you went to him right now and tossed like $25 million at him for three years, he's got to think long and hard about that. 100%. You know? um, but, but by the same token, Glenn, Uh, Like you say, if you look at fantasy baseball players, good ones, they will pick up a dollar closer here or there to build Mm -hmm. toward their Mm – they're not investing in Liam Hendricks or A and paying big dollars for them when they can get a guy for a dollar because the the, the position – The volatility, right? Volatile. So suppose a team comes to you – and they know they've got a chance to win the World Series this year. Mm-hmm. And and look, Peter Mike says, Peter
0: Gammon's told me the Red Sox are in love with Jorge Lopez. Right. They are
7: enamored.
0: Right. With Jorge Lopez.
7: So if they wanted to give me like a, a top AAA prospect and a pitcher and a and a double A prospect for Jorge Lopez, knowing that. They've got him, he's affordable, and they could sign him for five years, you know. Yep. Um, I'd say go for it, you know. And I think the argument
0: that you would make back is there's so much depth right now at the back end of your bullpen – that maybe you already have your next Jorge yeah, Lopez. Yeah, could right. be the next one. Right, 100%. Jorge like, Lopez. maybe that guy is already here. Yeah. I know Dylan Tate was a little shaky last night, yeah. but Dylan Tate, for the most part, has been good. You might
7: already have the
0: next Jorge Lopez. I admittedly am struggling with this one. Yeah, because
7: it's, it's not, a, it's it's not a, a black or white thing, but I'll tell you what. Michael Elias is pretty good at measuring at everything. Measuring and, and the thing you
0: keep coming back to is that Jorge Lopez was found money, right? Yeah. Like, he was truly found money. Right.
7: And sometimes it's hard to give up on found money. You know, I'm not give up on them, but to, to trade it away. But you go, if, Geez, if we-
0: you're telling me that you can get even one legitimate prospect, yeah. three months ago, I would have laughed in your face right. at the idea of that. So I don't know that I could be furious at this point if you managed to turn three months of Jorge Lopez into a legitimate player that might help you for years to come. Yeah. I don't know that that's the best thing to do. Yeah.
7: I don't think it's the easy answer, but I can't I, dismiss it. I will tell you this Elias is a good enough horse trader that he will not trade him for one player, no matter who the mm, prospect sure, he is. Wants, right. He'll come up with something right. like it might be a 17 yeah, year old. Yeah, that give, they me, knew give me this other lottery to, ticket that we yeah. like. Right. 100%.
0: Hey, um, if you missed it on Tuesday, we had uh, Simply the Bets for this week. We do it every Tuesday morning, 11.40 a.m. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Next Thursday, weekend at Bookie's at 11.40 a.m., as well as we get you ready for all of the bets that you are looking to make as you try to win some money in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, Stan the Fan is, is here in studio. I want to take just a minute here because there's an event coming up tomorrow, and for whatever insane reason... Oh, this is the uh, car wash. Yeah, I agreed not only to be a part of it, but like an idiot, I purchased a speedo to oh, help. Oh,
7: to help wash the cars. To,
0: the to help for tomorrow's sexy car wash at KNS Automotive. Our buddy Dave from KNS has joined us here this morning on uh, GCR. What in God's name are we doing tomorrow morning,
3: Dave?
7: Glenn and Stan, how are you? Great. We're doing great. How are things
3: over at KNS? Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. We're getting ready for a car wash party fundraiser tomorrow, 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. at 3939 Falls Road, Us Associates. We'll be washing cars, and I think Mr. Glenn Clark will make a presence in his Speedo. I, all I'm right, all mistaken. right. Yes,
0: I've got the Speedo, Dave. Am I, I,
7: I will be there in my... Uh, Mine's not a short Speedo, but I've got a bathing suit. you got something a little more I will, appropriate. I will be there tomorrow.
0: Am I going to be out of place? I thought we were going super sexy for this car wash. I thought that was the idea, was to get all of the young ladies in town out because the boys of Hamden were going to bring the sex appeal. Was I, was I correct about that? I,
3: we are doing that. We are, we, we are seven or eight deep in that 12-man calendar. We're going to show up tomorrow. We're going to have, We're going to have some fun. We're going to be a little sexy. We how much, are, there, how much are the car washes,
7: Dave? How much are the car washes? Sorry to So the me. car washes are, most cars are going to be fifteen bucks. Okay.
3: We want to roll them through. Yep. We're going to have refreshments here, balloons here. We want to make it like a party atmosphere, All right. and everything's going towards making this calendar to support the Hamden Family Center, who does wonderful things in the neighborhood. So that's the important part here. Yeah. That's no the, doubt about that's it. That's
0: the important. Like we're going to we're going we're having fun. And we're being silly and. Uh, We're going to be models for your calendar, and we're willing to do all that. But the important part is this is about raising money for a really wonderful charity.
3: Yeah, they're a great charity. They provide so many programs and support services for this area. It's not even funny. They help so many adults and children. They they take clothes in for people. They just support so many things in this area. We want to give back to them. We know they got hit hard with the pandemic. We tried to do this back in sixteen. We raised money back in 2016. We raised money in 2020, but we didn't get to do it like we want to do it now. We want to raise the most money we can for this charity, and we want to blow it out. We're going to have a website, boysofhamden.com, where you'll be able to buy the calendar. The calendar will be out in November of this year for next year. We want to push the button. We want to raise as much money as possible. We want to go international, Glenn. That's what we want to do. Now,
7: now you told me that Glenn and I, you want me to be part of this, too. No doubt about it. Stan, we want to see you naked. That's what we
3: want to
0: do.
7: Well, that's that's about the size (laughs) of it to me. I I hate to say (laughs) this.
0: I hate to say this. I have.
7: Yeah. when have, when have I'm sorry, we were, we're staying in a hotel room. Together. Oh, that's right. You have. You have. That's back in the days I was heavy. Um, oh, it
5: was great. But
7: what month can we can we ask for a certain month? I was told well, September. Well, actually, I I have you September to be
3: honest
5: yeah. with you. All
7: right. Dan. I was. I see. I think we're the I boys. I, I, think we're the boys, the boys I think we're the boys. the boys of summer. The boys of you know. summer. The class Well, I league.
3: take June, so it's tough. But All yeah, right. we
7: try to get you. We're going
3: to get you right where school starts. We All right. People to get out there. And see it. Okay. So, all right. Boys that's of, what we'd
0: like. BoysofHandon.com is the website, and the important no part doubt. is tomorrow morning, thirty-nine, thirty-nine Falls Road, K&S Associates, nine a.m. to one p.m. We're gonna be washing cars. We're gonna sex it up. We're gonna we're gonna make all of it. ladies, gentlemen, whatever you're into, you're gonna be drooling when you no see doubt the about boys. It. That we are want to out have there. fun.
3: We want you all to come out. Please, everybody, come out. We want it to be a party. We're ready to move forward. Our calendar is called Moving On, and
7: that's what we're looking to do. And, Dave, just one more thing about the Hamden yes, Family Center. I know it's been a a real favorite for Amir, the owner of k Associates, which is a wonderful car repair place for foreign cars.
3: Thanks. Do you yeah. even
7: do domestic? I don't even remember if you do. We do. We do, we do body work, and we do mechanical okay. work. Most of our mechanical work is on imports. Yep
3: but we do, do body work as well, and we really, we're just, we've been here almost four,
7: over 40 years. Yep. We're just trying to
3: support this, this area as much as we possibly can. That's what I want to it's ask given you. given back to us.
7: How, how many years has Amir helped to, tried to help and raise money for the Hamden Family Center?
3: The Hamden Family Center,
7: Amir's been part of that Hamden Family
3: Center for at least 20 years. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. They, that. The original founder and Lisa Gringer was there. Now we have Ashley working it and we're we're so supportive of them. Okay. Amir helps as much as he can as well. All right.
0: You can find out more by going to hamdenfamilycenter.org about what it is they do and why it is that we are uh we're bare all. We're showing our skin in order to support
3: we, we want everybody to come out.
0: We want to see Glenn as much as Glenn as we possibly da- can. Dave, here's my only. This is the caveat. No pi- no pictures. And this is the reason why. Cuz I want people to show up. I don't I, want. I agree. I don't want anybody thinking like, "Ah, I'll, I'll just, look, I'll, I'll look check the out, out the pictures later." Right, so. No,
3: it. I agree. No, no. they got to come out. No they pictures. Out. You guys, listen. You want to see you in the flesh anyway? That's what I'm you? saying. Come on. You want it? You
0: want to be there? You want to see me in the stupid hot dog speedo? You got to show up tomorrow. Get your car washed at KNS Associates. And what time? Nine on to road. one.
3: Yes. Nine to one, and I'll be a pirate. Bring it on. Let's Love go. it. All right, I'm going to be
7: out there about ten. Ten forty five. I'll get there. People
3: come out see Stan. He'll be out here around 11. Come on down wow. to see us. Please, everybody, come out. Donate as much as you can. And I'm gonna Helps get a car wash the charity. Too. I'm getting a car wash. Dave,
0: uh, bring ap- it on. Appreciate you, my friend. Looking Thank forward you. to
3: seeing you tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Definitely. Let's push the envelope. Thanks, guys. Love Thanks it. so All much.
7: Right. Dave Great from
0: K Associates. I am um I'm actually nervous, Stan. And I don't get nervous about a lot of things.
7: What about it? Whether the O's are gonna trade or a gay Yeah, I'm only
0: who cares? <laughs> How's that gonna affect my life? But tomorrow, I'm I'm actually I've never What are you nervous about? I've never I have never like is something gonna fall out or is it, you know, like am I gonna I don't know if you know this stand, but like I'm bet in better shape than I was once upon a time. But I still you have, have a
7: long pullover thing. Not to have one all the time, but if you sense it's falling, then you throw that on for you know, just just in case. I'm, oh,
0: I'm I'm going to. I think the play was going to be. I was going to. I want. I wanted to get the tear the old basketball tearaway pants. Yeah. Right. And my play was going to be if you were there to see me. If you were there for me, I would tear off the tearaway pants <laughs> as I went to wash your car. Otherwise, I keep the tearaway p- pants on. Mm. I haven't made a final decision on what I'm doing. It also, mm. I, I don't drink, but tomorrow might be a good day to reconsider that thought process. Dave's talking about asking everybody to bring bring another 30-pack with you. I'm like, maybe I could use a 30-pack for myself for getting through this thing. Maybe that would be the case. I actually, in a weird way, kind of just wish I was fat again. Because fat guys in Speedos, hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. Good-looking guys in Speedos, good-looking. I'm some weird in-between those things. I eat
7: too much sugar to be thin. You know, I mean, my weight is – I'm fairly – I'd still like to, to be down. You know, during my COVID thing, I went from 220 to 207. Unfortunately, I put it all back on nah, You know, in nah, like two and a half happens. weeks. But it's all muscle, I, right? But, no, it's not muscle. <laughs> uh, it's all flab in the middle. Well, you've
0: been carrying stuff out of this office for yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I thought you were putting yeah, on no, muscle. I'm not,
7: I'm not. I thought that was the no, case. No. I've not. had a bum foot. Oh, that's I've true. I've been wearing yeah. a brace for yeah, like right. six weeks. I got the clearance. To go back and start walking again.
0: All right. Well, well yeah. look. I'm gonna I'm gonna wash the car. I'm I got. This. I'm gonna wear it. Yep. I'm gonna put the speedo on yep. tomorrow morning. Yep. I might. I might. <clears throat> I I might uh, artificially enhance that speedo. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on for my wife the other day, and this she looks was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I put Paul Valley's mic screen right, on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> poor guy. Hey, Paul, here's your mic screen back. <laughs>
7: yeah, right. <laughs> How do we know that's Paul Valley? Because it says PV3 on it. <laughs> oh, okay. Paul Valley the third. Right, he's the third. Um,
0: what? Well, <laughs> I I walked I walked into the room the other day for my wife to see it, and she was like, "That's really small," and I was like, "What? My 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 thing?" She was like, no, the Speedo. I'm like, wait a second. I'm a little bit nervous about how you made that statement. That She's is like, really Right? Small. She said, that's that's what she said to me when I was standing there on a Speedo. That's really small. Hey, wait,
7: what? Do you have it with you now? I mean, is there anything no, you could no, show? No, no, I'm
0: not. No. I said, you want to see it? You, Griffin this you. and I would love to see it. They better come get your car washed tomorrow. Well, I'm, getting,
7: I'm getting a car oh, wash, I, and I'm oh, going to wash out. Right,
0: You're helping out. You want you you'll get to see it. Griffin wants to see it. He can come get his car washed. Yeah. I said the same thing to, you know, my closest friends. I this would not be they were like, you know, I throw a party every summer. They're like, would you put it on that day? Nope. Won't be you want to see me in the speedo. It's very simple. Show up tomorrow, get your car washed, KS Associates in Hamden. 3939 39 Falls Road. That's the end of the story. There will be no other appearances for said speedo. Not going to happen no uh have you not have you not worn a speedo before it doesn't fall out unless you ordered a size too big a size well that's the thing john i ordered a size too i purposely ordered, ordered a size too small not, not too small but like but, i made the decision of what size to get based on the idea that i think it's supposed to be tight, tight right and no the answer is i have not worn a speedo before I was never a swimmer I have no reason to have worn a speedo at any point until trying to raise money for the Hand and Family Center. Mine so.
7: is a speedo, but it's got the long legs down almost. Oh, yours!
0: You're like the Michael Phelps thing, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're you're wearing like the swim yeah. pants. Essentially, yeah. is yeah. what you've got. Tomorrow morning, that's the deal. We'll see you at uh, K&S Associates. All right, we got to get one more break, and we'll come back in. Uh, tidbit Tubular. Uh, Stan is gonna hang out for just one more minute too, and um, we'll talk a little bit more about Tony's. Um, we've been talking throughout the week. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. help.org are you ready soccer fans
2: this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charmed city match july 16th under the lights at m&t bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com
0: Come in for glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit
4: us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill great food good sports the 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles I'm Paul Valley, and I'm Zach Goodman and together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole from veterans like Cedric Mullins Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall we've got you covered for every game every pitch and every debut you can watch us at YouTube Dot com slash press box online and facebookcom slash press box sports, or you can listen at pressboxonlinecom slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at press box sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants, like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the fan here in studio
0: with us. Stan, I mentioned you've had a busy week, you've been doing a bunch of shows this week.
4: Yeah, did uh.
7: Did a show uh, last Monday with uh, Ross Grimsley. We had Luke Jackson on. Then we had the terrible double, double gut punch of Mm -hmm. the death of uh, uh, Jalen Ferguson and Tony Siragusa. So you and I went on, uh, and John Colson in the middle of the afternoon. And then Wednesday evening, I had uh, God, I can't even. Kyle Harrison. Kyle Harrison with with Gary Stein. Last night I did about a 40-minute interview with Terry Hazelton on my own. Gary wasn't around. So it's been a pretty busy week. All
0: those shows available right now, facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash Online or um, uh, pressboxonline.com slash video is where you can find all of it. Um,
7: and I and I also wrote a column this week that's on the website uh, entitled "The Worst Day in Ravens History."
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, there's just no getting around um, the in, the incredible sadness yeah. of the last 48 hours. I guess now 72 hours, um, going back to when Jalen Ferguson passed away. But I, I, you know, the the thing with t- I th- I don't want to give anything away because I'm going to write a column about it for Monday. Yeah. I, I I'm blown away, and you and I and John talked about this how much I'm realizing the impact Tony had on establishing this franchise and the relationship between this franchise and the city. Like, it's something that I just hadn't spent he, he a was, lot of time thinking about. He was the-
7: a key player that he was so funny and so infectious mm-hmm. in his sense of humor and the way he kidded and cajoled and kibitzed that – He was a throwback Mm -hmm. to Artie Donovan, you know, and you made that point. Mm -hmm. He was a throwback to Artie Donovan, and that sort of reminded people what they loved about the Colts was having some players in town that were were personalities. And Tony had a larger-than-life personality. And to find out that just—you know what speaks to what kind of guy he was— it wasn't like he came down from New Jersey just to get free crabs. Yep, you know it was that. Hey, I want to eat crabs because mm-hmm. I love doing it. I want to support I wanna you. Go, I want to go to the Costa Inn, you know. And he was he was there, as I understand it, in the last week. I um the more the, the point that I
0: never thought about is for someone who became such an overwhelming celebrity, to have stayed as grounded in his family and mm-hmm. his marriage as he did. Yeah to continue to prioritize taking care of his his, the guys that he got to know his teammates um you know lionel dalton was joking with us yesterday he's like look man i had to go buy these thousand dollar rib dinners for tony saragusa when i didn't when i didn't have the money right but he made a very quick point he's like but he paid me back and he didn't pay me back in cash i still had to go buy the dinner but he paid me back later on in the year he took me out he took me out. He made sure that I knew that he had my back at all times. I, I just, I, I'm trying to find the right way to state it, Stan, because the Ravens would have become the Ravens simply by being good, right? They would have become a beloved franchise by winning a Super Bowl, by having Hall of Fame caliber football players. The guys wanted, you know, we wanted to go watch Ray Lewis play. We wanted yep. to watch. That was always going to be the case, but the uniqueness that I. Steven Means, who just re-signed with the Ravens, who was on the practice squad seven years ago, went on, had success in Philadelphia, won a Super Bowl, uh, put up some great numbers in Atlanta, said, when I was in Baltimore, I would was happier being on the practice squad in Baltimore than I was being active in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And that thing, that feeling, what makes this so unique and not just a successful franchise, but truly a model organization... Yeah. That part of it, I think we can make a direct tie to the efforts of Tony Siragusa to walk out in the community and say, I, I don't want to be around the rich people. I don't want to be around the guys that own businesses. I don't want to be around – I want to be around the, the, ug- people, the, the ugly the guy, yeah, the-, the the fat drunk from Dundalk. I want to be around every any single one of you. I want to be one of yours. I want to connect
7: you to this thing that we're yeah. doing. Um, he had that. There's no question about it. I had one odd... The oddest thing happened with Tony. One night he told us on the show, because we, we were on Raven's radio mm-hmm. when he was there, so he would come on a fair amount, you know. And he was talking about that he was going to do an Arliss. hmm And then about... Three weeks later, we got Robert Wool on the show. Mm-hmm. Not to talk about that, but I said, hey, you got to tell us about how did it go filming with, because uh, I said three weeks. It could have been a year later. Right. And he goes, I don't even know who you're talking about. And he, like, sort of denied, and I'd watched
0: Very the episode. Weird. Yeah, it definitely before. happened. There's yeah, no question yeah. about that.
7: Yeah. Did he not,
0: did he, did he think I don't, don't know. What weird. He was super he just weird. like
7: denied that he even knew who Tony? Sir I don't that's, know who you're talking about.
0: Very weird bit. Yeah. I mean, he definitely was. There is no question yeah. that he was on our list. There yeah. is no doubt about that. He was a um, funny,
7: funny man.
0: God, he was. Oh, he was the absolute best. He yeah. was the absolute best. There's no question about it. What else has been on your mind this week? What else has been?
7: Uh, just I, you know, I'm. I you know, what hit me this this week was the uh, Yankees were playing as good a baseball Jesus. as the Detroit Tigers were in 1984. Yeah, it's yeah. unreal.
0: It's um, unreal.
7: They are really, really good. And last night I said, hey, it's 6-3 Houston after like yeah. six or seven innings, mm-hmm. I said, well, they're finally playing a really another good team this next mm-hmm. four days. Let's see what happens. Yep. They tied it up in the ninth and won it in the ninth.
0: Oh, I mean, Aaron Judge clearly wants – Five hundred million dollars or whatever, right. I and mean, like he's playing like right. a man who's ready to make the most money in the history of baseball. Yep. And I guess it's all going to come down to in, in Buck. We're going to have to trust. We're going to need Buck Showalter be the one that ruins this. We're going to need. I've I've been, you know, maybe just because I happen to be talking to Caleb uh, Joseph recently, mm-hmm. and Nelson Cruz was on this week. I am realizing, like, as exciting as the Orioles are, I got to ramp back up my like. I am gonna have to remember learn to be a Mets fan because I need it. I so badly need this see Buck Walter win a World Series. I so badly need it. And well, I I
7: root for that, but I don't oh. find myself hating this Yankee team. Oh, I and you can't. and I are
0: gonna separate there. Yeah, I'll know that. I know. Always, oh, you hated always. Coach K too. A hundred percent. I'm going State to. Too. Yeah. i do i don't know i where well where have you heard that before <laughs> name any time name one time i've said anything about that one time by the ever. way
7: their coach uh, i think it was it real sports did a thing on him or somebody did something yeah. on it. what's his oh, name uh
0: meant the mental health thing the uh, uh matt yeah. day no 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 ryan day ryan ryan day, day yes ryan i saw it was i think the it was ESPN. Thing yeah, really yeah re- it was very ESPN. powerful, yeah, yeah, very very powerful. powerful I agree
7: because that. he had a dad who. Yeah,
0: killed him. One hundred percent. It was and incredibly I,
7: powerful. And they have a player at Ohio State who has now since given up football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ryan Day helped him through a really rough, rough time where he thought he didn't want to be here anymore. Yep.
0: Yep. I, oh, I, I saw the entire the piece is very moving. So
7: you can't hate Ohio State
0: now. I can hate Ohio State. I just don't have to hate him. <laughs> like, you can still hate the concept of Ohio <laughs> State. You're going out to watch lacrosse this weekend?
7: I'm going out tonight. I'm going to get out there tonight. I'm going to watch uh, uh, a couple, like an hour and a half to two hours All the right. first game, then get home and watch the O's. All right. Very good. We'll talk about that more. How about you, really. Dean Kramer?
0: Two God, good starts. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I don't know what to say about it because Bruce Zimmerman made five good starts, yeah. right? Like, I don't I don't want to overreact to yeah. it, but as we talk about, that's the, the big issue is you look at next year and you're very concerned about pitching. Yeah. Because you're hoping that Grayson Rodriguez is just fine. I know D.L. Hall had a good start recently, but he's been, you know, yeah. meh at AAA since he got there.
7: Yeah. Um I would like to see Bradish finish strongly this yep. second half somehow and Dean Kramer not pitched to a zero 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 ERA. That's... But us feeling at the end of this season, hey, we got Means coming back, oh, we th- got Tyler Wells, and we got these two guys. But I'm just telling you the sheer numbers that uh, Mike Elias is working with, and I guess it was okay when you wanted to keep payroll down Mm -hmm. and you didn't want to contend. But again, I go back to that spring training interview about five years ago with Billy Epler. Okay, he was talking about what do you want to see, and he was talking about well, right now we got like ten or eleven candidates for starting pitching, and this is in spring training. And he goes, "I just don't think it's enough." And I go, "What is he talking about?" You know, I said. He's got this guy. I forget who they were right right now. And by May, yep, he was like he was struggling to have five five healthy starters. And for what they went into this season with this year, Mm -hmm. I I think they got to get a slap on the hand. You know, I I sure would have liked to have seen Zach Davies back in an Oriole uniform for one point five million with an upside of another million. Rather than Spencer Watkins, I hear you. Yeah.
0: It, it turns out Zach Davies maybe not a great guy, but you
7: know. I didn't know. Although, that. Oh yeah,
0: it was a. It was. It's not not as bad as some other guys, okay. but just I did not know that. Did you not? Re- the, I I no. really this is a, I, it was such a bummer for me. I really like Zach Davies. Right. Apparently moved out. He and his wife. He moved. She stayed back. Okay. He literally built a life with another woman. And just informed her without oh, well, even there are
7: other guys rather than like, <laughs> <date>. just just
0: <laughs> didn't even have a conversation. Right. No, like, that's, that's a just nice. just one day sent a message. Now where
7: was that story?
0: uh it, she she was the one who shared, who it. shared she, it. So you know, I mean, I, I guess take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Although I don't a, remember ever hearing.
7: I'm not a you know I might re- like Ryan Day.
5: Yeah, and, uh, and I might yeah. like Mike Shashevsky. No, I I prefer. I do not. Re- uh, that story not a look, good one. Look
0: again. I I don't. <laughs> I'm not trying. That, this story really took, <laughs> caught me off guard. Here's. All right. I'm going to read. This was from her Instagram. In 2021, my world as I knew it completely fell apart. My husband cut off all communication from me while I was back home in Arizona and he was in another state. He sent a text message at 6 a.m. and then blocked me. I soon found he was having an affair and I had to file for divorce without even having a single conversation with the person I built a life with. I spent 10 years supporting him loving this man. Uh,. It doesn't look okay. like it. It looks like not kids, just a wife. That's a pretty hard. Whew, that's a pretty rough. hard. Thing. Again, far worse things that okay. people have done. I don't. I don't. Well, I, I want to be very careful. I want to be very didn't. careful. No, I. I. I don't care. Like I'm not. I don't need the, everybody that plays for the team to be the nice person. Ever. Right. It's that's domestic, a pretty bad – Domestic violence is worse than that. There are yeah. far worse yeah. things that would be non-cowardish. This, is, cowardice. For me. this yeah. is. This is not good. And it. Yeah. It's sort of. It's a bummer because I really like Zach Davies. Had a yeah. number of conversations with him over right. the years and really rooted for I've him. I've never talked
7: to him. Uh, I was like, oh, didn't know that. Sucks. But, uh, but there are other examples of Zach Davies out there that the yes, Orioles could have signed you know. for sure. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. Just and a nothing against Spencer, uh, Spencer Watkins. Seems like the nicest guy. And he made in the the world, two really good starts. Yeah. But mm, it, but he's just not. Yep. Uh, no, you know. he's pretty clearly not a major league pitcher. Has Zimmerman done anything since he's gone been down? down? I haven't even.
0: I got to be honest with you. I haven't even yeah. looked. I'll try. Hang on, Zimmerman Baseball. Um, sorry, sorry, it's Bruce. All right. should, Yeah, should you, know. you sprung it on me. Yeah. And of course, they only have his major league stats. They don't okay. have his minor don't league worry stats up there. Uh, I'll find. it. In the meantime, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Press Box. It's our salute to coaches issue. Stan, the fan, personally delivered it out everywhere around town, all those hundreds of locations where you find press box, including 60 Royal Farm stores in the area. John Harbaugh's on the cover as uh, we celebrate him going into his 15th season as an NFL head coach, which is a rarity. How did it happen? How did he stand the test of time? A number of the players who he had most impactful relationships with over the years um, spent some time talking about that how how did he manage to do this also inside we recognize any multitude of area coaches who have either recently surpassed or approaching milestones ken Niamatololo from navy Sasha Sorovsky missy maharg from maryland pete corinji from umbc pat klatchy from mount st joe kendall peace from poly and uh, some recently retired coaches like Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins and Lou Eckrell from Calvert Hall, with the athletes being the ones telling the story. You can find it at PressBoxOnline.com, but encourage you to go pick up that print issue of PressBox. It's a very special one today. looks like uh, five innings of work for Bruce Zimmerman. It, it just doesn't look good. Okay. It doesn't look like it was uh, – I'm, I'm trying to pull up the game log right now. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, give me uh, – what you, what you got for tidbit?
1: All right. So on Wednesday, Madison Bumgarner became the 86th pitcher in Major League Baseball to reach the 2,000 career strikeouts milestone.
0: You want me to name? You want us to name all eighty-five? Yeah, name all, 85, name all eighty-five. pitchers that have thrown <laughs> two thousand strikeouts. In there,
1: so he so. is the eight L- Luckily,
0: Stan actually spent this morning looking up that I exact fact, out, and I he can just oh, really? not only going to get all eighty-five, ah. he can get them in order, okay. one to eighty-five. Well,
1: right mine now. is then. I guess it should still be easy. Uh, my he's the eighth active player to reach that benchmark. Um, so I have kind of a two-parter here. Who are the seven other active players with two thousand strikeouts, and then who are the next five closest to accomplishing? The feet of 2,000.
7: Is Adam Wainwright one of
1: them? Adam Wainwright mm, is of one of, of them. Uh, David Price. David Price as well, yes. Clayton Kershaw. They actually... S- okay. No, go ahead. Kershaw, yes. Kershaw okay. is on there. Uh, is Zach Granke. Yes, Granke, Granke has 2,800. Yeah. We're thinking of all old starters. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we're doing. Justin here. Verlander. Verlander yep. has the most among active, yep. 3,000.
0: Are these all guys that are over 2,000? Yes, or they're all over 2,000. And
1: then I want the next five that are closest as well. So we've got five of the seven that are over 2,000. Yes. We've and got then,
7: five of the seven.
0: Yeah, we got Verlander, Wainwright, Price, Kershaw, Granke. Yeah. We need two more that are over 2,000 and then two that are five. closest. F- f- I want, five, five. That I want are closest five that are
1: closest Charlie Morton is not one of them. No, Charlie Morton is not too one injured of them. Too, uh, too many he is times. high up there, but he is uh yeah, he's, but he's got too 1500 many injuries. Uh, Chris Sale. Chris Sale does have 2000. He has the same exact amount of strikeouts as David Price. Very good. Both have 2015. Very
7: good, Glenn. How about that? Um, Who else has
0: 2000
7: strikeouts?
1: There's one, yeah, one big guy you're missing. He's got Oh, Scherzer. Yep, Scherzer. That's, Scherzer also yeah. has 3,000. So Verliner wow. and Scherzer both have 3,000. Okay. So we got it? So Yep, We, got the, we top got the seven, seven that are over. Now, now you're who looking at the, the five that are closest. Yes. Oh. Yeah, gotta think of a little a tougher, Virginia, Virginia, but.
7: Virginia. five
1: closest. Uh,
7: Guys that are closest. How about DeGrom? No,
5: not
1: DeGrom. I like that, though. That's a good one. He has, he d- he has 1, 1,500 as well. He's he's not not He is close, but he's not one of the five closest. What about Harvey? Do you, th- you not count him no, as active? I mean. No, no. Yeah, I would count him as active. Yeah, he's he's not.
7: Uh, let's see. Oh
0: God, got You might game. have to give me like the number in order to get a sense of. Okay, how so about Kluber.
1: Like, Kluber. Kluber's close, but he is not. Five, not one of the. One of the fifth. Yeah, he's not one of the cl- five closest. Kluber is the seventh closest, actually. Okay. So you're getting closer, getting warmer. Getting warmer. Yeah, what
0: and how many? What's what's the number? How many strikeouts does
1: Kluber uh, have? They have Kluber has 1600. All these guys have. So 1700. They have, to have All these guys have 1700 okay. plus. Less than two thousand. Uh, Garrett Cole. There you go. Garrett Cole is the closest. One thousand oh, seven hundred seventy-six. Okay. Is Trevor Bowers ba- not? He has. Yeah, no. not years, at, right. No, Bowers not close. Um, uh, Strasburg. Of, there you go. Strasburg is the fifth good. closest. Not this season, though. Yeah, one thousand seven hundred twenty-three. Well, I
0: mean,
7: you're looking I'm at teams. Of- you're looking at teams. I'm trying. I can't think of teams. Pittsburgh doesn't have anybody. St. Louis, we've got Wainwright, the Cubs. Do the Cubs have anybody? You
1: Darvish. you Darvish is sixth closest. Oh, son of <laughs> <a> <laughs> 1650. He's not with the Cubs anymore, <laughs> but it was
0: son of a somebody that the Cubs triggered. That was me a good guess. Darvish.
1: He might get there one day. Uh, uh, About 400, 350. The 50 don't have anybody. Oh, Bumgarner.
0: Oh, no, he's not there anymore, right? Yeah. Jesus. Arizona.
1: Yeah. Arizona does have somebody.
0: Arizona does have somebody?
2: Zach Davies.
7: No, <laughs> no. it wasn't Zach
1: Davies. Uh, is Ian Kennedy? Ian Kennedy. Really? Good guess. Yeah, he is 1730 million years. I would never have never never, gotten, never. never Ian Kennedy. Closing out game. Well, I guess he's just in the bullpen. Yeah, but High leverage guy for I never Arizona. I remember right now. him having
7: any sustained, No doubt, right? Sustained period of starting games. Um
0: God. Uh, Proctor wanted to guess Tanaka. Is that who? He no, Tanaka. He's not is, uh, active
1: though. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah Tanaka is um uh, uh, is a Evaldi? Nope, not Ivaldi. And right, had two hundred sixteen strikeouts in twenty twelve. Right. Yeah, you might have to give us uh, another. Um, answer. sorry, well, I clicked away. Uh let's see. You're missing two. One of them, uh the Orioles faced him last night. Johnny Cueto? Johnny Cueto. One thousand seven hundred fifty career strikeouts for Cueto. Yeah. And, my God. and last one I don't think you'll I don't think you'll ever get uh Anibal Sanchez. Very good. If I'm being honest with yeah, you, yeah, I don't know. He is where at, it, he, He's on the aisle right now. He's coming okay. back from a neck thing. Should pitch with at who? some point. Who's he, with, the Nationals. With, the Nationals. Right. with the Nationals. I did not realize that. Yeah. I did not know that.
0: Not that I would have guessed him either, <laughs> for the record. I would not have guessed Annabelle Sanchez on this list. All right, that's a good one. Uh, Tubular brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where you should be for all the big events, including UFC 276. Next Saturday night, Israel Adesanya in action. Bet the fights First of all, you get to watch the fights for free. You don't have to pay for the pay-per-view. Second of all, you could actually come out with more money than you began with by betting the fights on their 61 self-service kiosks. Reserve your spot right now. Events at sportssocialmd.com for UFC 276 next Saturday night. All right, Orioles White Sox, night at eight. Cal Bradish, Michael Kopech. Um, actually, did they move that? Because I thought I saw earlier that um, Austin Voth is going to start. Let me double-check on that. Uh, Tonight is, uh, indeed, Austin Voth is going to start against uh, Michael Kopech tomorrow, uh, tonight, and then Kyle Braddish will start tomorrow against Lance Lynn. Tomorrow is at 2 o'clock on Masson, and then Jordan Lyles and Dylan Cease on Sunday at 2 o'clock, also on Masson.
7: White Sox have a big advantage in all three matchups. Pitching-wise, Pitching wise.
0: of course, 100%. Yeah.
7: Although, you know... <laughs>
0: Can't count this team out.
7: So Can't. my fantasy team yesterday I had three starting pitchers go. Who did okay?
1: you have? Okay.
7: I had uh, Zach Plesek.
1: Okay. Good
7: start, loss. Lost. Team scored zero runs. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had Robbie Ray. Okay.
1: Good start, loss. Good start.
7: Loss. start. L- gave up one run. The team ha- did not score while he was pitching. They ended up winning the game uh, by brain fart by the manager there <laughs> who he brought in to save the game anyway and then last night Boy. i had johnny cueto no mm-hmm. runs so i had no runs in three starts well yeah had good era i was gonna good say ragio, i was gonna say prob- probably
0: probably helpful for you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but just the wins yeah, wins are unbelievable yeah, right? i hear you oh, i I'm hear you um other highlights for this weekend stan mentioned he's going to be out uh, tonight at homewood field P.L.L. All weekend. One game on TV. That's Redwoods whip Snakes, tonight night
7: at 6:30. What station are those on? That's
0: on ESPN two. And okay. then the rest will be on ESPN plus. Chaos Water Dogs night at 9:15. And then two games tomorrow night. Cannons Chrome at six. Archers Atlas at 8:45. So all those, those are the games
7: are taking place at Hopkins. All four on TV.
0: are at, uh But one is on TV. The rest are on ESPN plus. The first okay, one tonight yes, is on ESPN two. The rest are okay. on ESPN plus for the weekend.
7: Um, Who's your favorite team? And uh,
0: I don't have. I just. I told you. We talked game. about
7: this the other day. I don't have a team. I go by names. Yeah, I'm like, i for, like, So I like the Redwoods. Just because you like. I like the name Redwoods.
1: Okay. I'm <laughs> rooting for the cannons because Ryan Drenner is with them right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah sure. So.
0: I respect Ted Towson, guys. I get yeah. that. Yeah, Kobe's with the Atlas,
1: so I'm kind of rooting for those two right now. But but I like Archers, too. This
0: is the problem I have. Like, I, I, Logan Wisnowskis was on with us the other day. Yeah, he he's didn't, with the Whip Whipsnakes. Right? No, he's Chrome. like the one guy that, that, from Maryland that didn't go to the Whip Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. went to Chrome. Oh, he's with Chrome. So, I, like, I want to root for – this is the problem. This is eternally the problem. You're not going to be able to get me to embrace a team. I just can't do it. Yeah. I I'd still want to go out and support the event. and right. I, It's high-level lacrosse that you're going to get to watch, but embracing the league and, like, watching next week – it's it's tough to get me to do because I don't have a
7: team. How many cities are they playing in? Like I twelve, 12? I
0: want to say. Yeah, I think it's about twelve. It's,
7: I got to admit, uh, I kind of scoffed at it when I first heard about it. Uh, Paul Rabel was built. Yeah, I mean it's a, a real thing.
0: There's team. no doubt. I just I think there's a limit to getting people to embrace something when there's no regional. Like I I need there to be if it was the Baltimore Whip Snakes, the yeah, Maryland Whip Snakes. And they were playing games regularly at Homewood Field. Now I you know
7: our old buddy Mark Fine yeah. is the president of a team in the an in, indoor
0: in team, the, right? In the NLL, yeah, yes, the Las correct. Vegas yep.
7: Desert Dogs. Uh, yeah, hired Desert
0: yeah. Dogs. Yeah. He, a couple of people that he hired, I know. He, yeah. they, he brought some local folks out there to help him with that. Uh, what it is that he's doing. Uh, Stanley Cups in the house tonight at eight o'clock. Game five on ABC for the Lightning and Avalanche out in Denver as the Avs try to wrap it up. If a game six is necessary, it would be Sunday night on ABC. And the College World Series final begins tomorrow night as uh, Oklahoma and Ole Miss play game one tomorrow night at seven on ESPN. Game two is Sunday afternoon.
7: And how many games is that? That's two of three. Two of three. So that's the finals.
0: That's it. One of these two teams, either Oklahoma or Ole Miss, is winning the title. Ben
7: McDonald back in the booth.
0: Ben McDonald is back.
7: Midweek after the White, you know
0: what? It's you know what's weird. He's not doing the final. Yeah, okay. I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I guess this is the way the schedule works, right. that he wasn't there this weekend. Maybe, he, maybe well, he shows they, up randomly. Then at some they point.
7: travel out to Seattle, they so he takes the West Coast. Yeah, and
0: that might be the case. Yeah. All right, very good. Anything non-sports wise, the rest of the sports stuff you can find at GlennClarkRadio.com. Uh,
7: your
1: your show, The Boys. Oh, this
0: is apparently a very uh graphic episode of The Boys uh. today on
1: Amazon. They're calling it Hero Gasm. I don't know, but I'm intrigued. wonder what that means. I don't know. Uh, come Dance With Me season finale. Season no, first no, season no, finale I said highlights. <laughs> highlights. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Daytime Emmy Awards. Are no. no. The Black Entertainment Awards are on Sunday. BET
7: Awards.
0: Sure, yes. Yeah. Those are a big deal.
7: You watching uh, The Old Man? Jeff Bridges and John Lee. I, it, yeah.
0: looks not, I yeah, not yeah, it looks good. good. I have not. We were just talking about it the other day.
7: Is very
5: well
0: done. I, everybody's raving. I'm g- it's going to b- I will add it to my list. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to get there. Uh, let's see. Westworld. You, you, you watch Peaky Blinders?
7: No. That's what I I've, was recommended that like five years ago, and I just sort of wasn't in the mood for that at the time and I just there, there's like a, there's like a level of something like, am I ready for by season? the way, I feel like every time I start a
0: season, it takes me about an episode. like right. it's a grind to get through the first episode right. and then after I get through it, I'm back and I'm, I'm about. I took me probably three different times of sitting down to watch the first episode of this season. And then once I got through it, I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go. And I'm ready to finish well, it.
7: Jane just watched uh, six years of um, uh, How to Get Away with Murder.
0: Oh, okay. She loved ne- it. Never, loved never, it. Never, got it. It. Oh. never got into
1: it. Never got into it. Westworld season four premiere Sunday night on okay. HBO. Uh, what else? There's one more thing. Oh, Stan, you might like this one. on Netflix new movie, The Man from Toronto. K- is Kevin Hart gets mistaken as like a hitman. <laughs>
7: oh yeah, that's a uh, that looks fun- that looks like a funny right. movie. Okay. Woody
1: Harrelson. Uh, uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, no- nothing. Bruce much.
7: Posner nothing gave much. me a, t- a tip on a movie on Netflix called Speed Kills. Speed it's a true kills. story about speedboat racing in
1: in Miami okay.
7: or something like that. Okay. Uh-huh. Ill- illegal speedboat
1: racing. All right. Maybe right. okay, I'll take a look. John Travolta. Look. Really? Yeah i had wondered where he was i had wondered what he had been doing from 2018
0: stan will be on tomorrow morning with the boys for the bad around uh and then
7: i'll be out at the car wash
0: and then he'll be joining me i'll probably
7: drive to the car wash and do my thing while you're sitting there and then get involved so
0: so listen to the guys 10 to noon join us at some point i'll be there at nine i got to duck out a little bit early uh because things i'm doing but nine to one, we're washing cars. KS Associates, thirty-nine, thirty-nine Falls Road. I got the speedo. We're gonna sex it up for you. It's gonna be a big day. Let's come raise some money for the Hamden Family Center tomorrow And real morning.
7: quick, what's the dates of the women's world? Uh, you know, begin club, on the twenty ninth. So
0: n- Wednesday night is the first game. Okay. The U.S. U.S. Canada through the ninth. Yes, twenty ninth yeah, through ninth.
7: How many teams?
0: Third, I mean, my God, it couldn't. it was so many more than I realized it was, and my. These are the team. By the way, so I, I think I, I told everybody this. They week. have
7: cities named next to them or countries, don't they? <laughs> they they, they do. have countries. They have yeah. countries. Yes.
0: So I am. I am.
7: Um, they didn't just call them Crow.
0: <laughs> yeah, correct. They didn't call them yeah. Chrome. I am part Gesundheit. of the. <laughs> I'm part of the ESPN crew for the um, Women's College World Series. Congratulations, not, not Women's College World Series. Women's <laughs> lacrosse, lacrosse, lacrosse World, world Championship. Um, these are the These are the countries that I have in my two groups. Yeah. New Zealand. Ireland, okay, probably some easy-pronounced names for the most part. Wales, okay. Germany starts to get interesting. Mm -hmm. Austria
7: starts to get interesting. Uganda.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Good luck.
7: Hong Kong. You can always revert back. You remember Myron Cope? Yes. Not Myron Cope, Bob Prince. Bob Prince was the, was the Chuck Thompson of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had, somebody came up with the idea of making him the Penguins announcer. Okay. When he was like 65 yeah. years old. Yeah. And he would constantly revert to, and they've got it, and we've got it back,
0: and, yeah. and yeah.
5: They, shoot, they, yeah. shoot, they, they score. Yeah. You know. There wasn't a name player. the record, of
0: a player. <laughs> I was once hired to do an indoor lacrosse event, and I got there. And there were no numbers on the jerseys. Whoa. They were all wearing pennies. And I said, what am I supposed to do with this? And the guy that ran the event, and by the way, Tom Marichek was involved with this thing. And I love Tom. He's a lacrosse legend. Tom, I, like, I think it might have been Tom that I looked and said, what am I supposed to do with this? And he just said, just kind of do a talk show as the game's going on. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of talk about what it is that you're seeing. Do, maybe do less play-by-play. Right, see, if, right. see if anybody chimes in. Like on the broadcast, it's like great. okay, <laughs> that's what I'll do. <laughs> like I remember, I remember, real players that were playing. Is like I remember, like the only one that I had seen that had walked out of the field. I saw Sean Nadalin. So anytime Sean Nadalin did anything, I announced him. it as Sean Nadalin. Because you right? Him. Exactly, right. We had a chat before the thing began. Nobody else. Well, there's a goal for the gray team, the team that it's Sean Nadalin is Nadlin not was on. on the field. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that at Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you follow him appreciate you coming by and hanging out with us
7: again alright see you next Friday uh,
0: thanks today as well to um, Keith Law thanks also to the great Kelly Gregg for checking in with us and sharing his thoughts about Tony Saragou so that was special we'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at the bat around tomorrow read an eye on uh, the fans Sunday one, through four, uh, 1 to 4 and then we'll see you back here on Monday for GCR Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go, birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. I've
3: never said that.